They're evil. Best signs of evil. It's getting world famous. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna. Welcome to the show. Yay. Yay. Thanks, that's, guys. That's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Round table show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big 2, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSN. And we're live on the Roundtable Show right here live on PSN Radio on a whole new night. Yes, we're no longer on Sunday nights. We're now live on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. I want to welcome the panel on the Roundtable this week. We have, of course, Johnny Alpha, who's uh, sitting waiting with a lot of news. Johnny, welcome to the uh, to the new night, sir. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy that I'm um, kind of... Everything that was kind of going on got squished, and that we're all a family again. So, hell yeah. Happy family. New night. And, uh, of course, uh, as uh, particularly usual, and uh, the OG of the roundtable, the one, the only, the only man that can go toe-to-toe with Warner Brothers and get a goddamn Steiner card, even spoken about in public, Zod Ryder. What's up, buddy? Hello. Hello, gentlemen. It's beautiful well, being here. It's beautiful being here on a. Uh, it's beautiful being here on a Thursday. I have to say. Yes, uh, Sunday nights uh, is uh, a tough one for all of us. So we we came together and uh, we had a, a, a manly discussion. It it turned out uh, very well, and we decided to move from Sundays to Thursdays. Works well for me. Works well for the uh, the rest of the panel. Maybe one day we'll, we'll even hear from Cold Cuts. Whatever happened to that guy? Don't you talk? Don't don't. I mean, don't you talk to him? I mean, I thought he's like your buddy from like way back. Bro, I've known the, the cold cuts uh, for twenty years now. Right. He's never been this cold or this uh, cutting that he disappeared. I, I have no idea. So, like, he has like no social media presence or no contact. Like, uh, just but he just... used to. He used to be on our chat, you know, our um, Twitter chat, where we kind of all can, um, and yep. like he's not on there anymore. Like I, I and his the the um, he I'm not either he blocked me or he like got rid of his um profile, at least the one that I knew on Twitter. So like yeah, he I think he kind of just bailed. Either that or he cut us all off because maybe maybe he's mad we liked Shazam too. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Johnny. Um... Ixley of the Shazami. I know, I know. I just one last time, just one last uh, hurrah. That, yeah, I figure. I figure. Well, I mean, on a, on a positive <laughs> note, apparently the the home video release of uh, Shazam is going to have an alternate opening and an alternate ending. So I wonder what that has to do with. Would Snyder cut that ending and opening into the movie? Or? Well, no. What I, what I'm thinking <laughs> is that maybe they finally got. And the ending, since what the ending actually was, was Superman walking into the lunchroom, spoiler, uh, right. I think, what if they finally worked out Cavill's contract and they finally inserted the scene in the way it was originally written in the first place? Just putting it out there could actually be on the home video version. That's my theory. I don't know. It could be somebody who's in the suit. I mean, have we determined who the actor is? Who's in the, uh, the actor was the actor was the stunt double for Zachary Levi Levi in uh, Shazam. Ah. That's who was in the suit uh, in the 
in the theatrical version. But if they worked out Cavill's contract, it's possible that the scene that was originally supposed to be in the film is actually the scene that they did for the alternate ending. So it'd be nice if that was the case. You know, I did see a few posts months and months before the movie came out where he met with the cast and with uh, Zachary Levy uh, and or Levi. Oh yeah, they did. They did. I think they did Instagram chats yeah. together, or something. And from what I could, from what I heard, that was what was holding it up. It was it was his contract negotiations with with WB. And the rumors Correct. that I'm hearing now is that Henry Cavill has signed, and it hasn't come out, been released to the public yet. But from what I've heard, that that there, that Henry Cavill has signed a uh, a new four movie. Superman deal with Warner Brothers. So we'll see if that happens. Allegedly, we're going to hear, we might hear something around Comic Con in regards to Henry Cavill's future as the characters. Well, well, all I know is I read today, and I'm extremely happy about this, that my favorite DCEU character is being brought back. Yes, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg will be returning nice. in the next two of Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, I figured you'd be excited about that. <laughs> that was, that's that I, you know, and it's like I thought I thought about that. I'm like, my God, I I couldn't I, at first, Johnny. I couldn't remember which one of my friends was really, really uh, Rick Flagg crazy, but I remembered it was you, and I was like, okay, that's going to be awesome. Well, both now, both, <laughs> both him and. Um, Captain Boomerang are going to be back. They're like my two favorite nice. DCEU characters. Is it going to be so Jay so. Courtney again as uh, Boomerang? Yeah, or? yeah. Nice. Jay Courtney's going to be returning. Yep. I hope he's got his little u- stuffed unicorn with him again. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be dope. You know, I'll, with this, maybe they'll um, think about doing a RoboCop two. You know? No, no. He's he, dude. Like his other you know, he, he's um, become, Yeah, but he's altered. becoming more and more of a, of a bigger you know, Robocop two. But, uh, Jackal, just, just not to cut you off, but just so you know, RoboCop 2 is happening. It's happening. It's the director. It's the same director who did Ooh. Chappie. And he's directing a oh. RoboCop 2, a, a RoboCop 2 that is a direct sequel to the original, um, Paul Verhoeven movie. Yeah, no, but they're, gonna, they're cutting out, like- uh, the, the sequels and all the other stuff that they, that they did they, previously. They do that all the time now. They're going to have, uh, Requels. They're called requels. Yeah. They're they're bringing back Peter Weller for the for. But the, isn't he um, a tad old to be RoboCop two now? Like, yeah, but dude, you, you look at how, how good CGI I mean, is now. Yeah, look but what they did it, with, with Samuel like L. Jackson for. Uh, look what they did with Samuel L. Jackson for uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, but anything, are we gonna keep going down the same bro. road? I mean, it, this is like Hollywood's next big thing now. Uh, you know, they're, they're done with sequels as, as much. You're going to probably see that go down. And then instead of having like a normal sequel, kind of like 8, 9, 10, uh, we'll just figure about 3, 4, 5, and just, we'll redo 3. What they could do, or and it actually work well, you know? is they could get Daniel Craig to play Peter Weller. Because if you look from, like, the eyes down, he's basically got the same Very um, similar, John. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like yeah. maybe they could get him instead. That that act, I mean, like they'd have to get him like um, a soapbox to stand on. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see. That's an interesting. That's an interesting point you make. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see them do something like that, but then still use uh, Peter Weller's face CG'd because essentially, you know, that's what they remember. That's what they did with Arnold Schwarzenegger when they had his last. Uh, 
he had his cameos as the young Terminator, and I can't remember which one it was. I think it was, that was uh, Salvation. Yeah, 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 Salvation. And you know, speaking, speaking. Well, he was Rick, in. Uh, he was in uh, uh, Terminator Vagina or Gen Vagina. But wasn't he that old in that one? He was old in yeah, that one. But wasn't didn't, he? They, then, didn't they show him uh, as young? I can't remember. They show. I think they did show, show a scene of the younger. Of yeah. the younger Terminators coming off the assembly line, I think they did that. But my thing is like, and, and that's like we're getting to a point now Chinese. where essentially <laughs> characters that are CG characters that are CGI, it doesn't matter. You're going to be able to bring back any actor you want, dead or alive, because right. the CG is going to be so convincing that you're not even going to need the actual actor anymore. You can have a computer articulate it all, and essentially you you'd be able to bring back anybody you want and. Well, That's look what they did with in Star Wars. I mean, in, in the Force Awakens. I mean, look what they did there. Yeah. You know? Well, I would. I would actually. My favorite one was um, in Rogue One with them having Peter Cushing, um, Grandma oh. Tarkin show up, I, and he had a significant role in that movie. It wasn't like Peter Cushing just had two minutes in the movie. The dude was in the film all throughout. So it's like actually, I'm can, sorry. That's what I was referring yeah. to. Uh, Rogue One. I, Mistook my Star Wars. Yeah, if they if they can do that, guys, you know, I think we're getting to the point where I mean, it's only going to go up from there. It's not going to get worse. I mean, in terms of how the how the uh, computer generated actors look, I, I mean, mean it's just yeah. and and they've been doing that for a while. I remember being blown away when I went and saw Tron Two, and I was just like, Jesus, dude, that's Jeff Bridges looking like he did <laughs> back when I was a kid. Look right. at that dude. Like, dude is all young again and shit. How do they do that? that that's they so did it to Michael Douglas also in, uh, in Ant-Man. I mean, the, yeah, the technology's there, but, uh, I mean, you know, it, it's just another fix, I think, for Hollywood when it comes to, like, doing stuff like this because they can do something original. I mean, it's cool. It's nostalgic. It, I, I enjoyed the RoboCop reboot. I thought it was, you know, fine. Uh, but now going back to the original series, that's kind of like a name alone, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, we saw Robocop 1, 2, and 3, or whatever, how many sequels they had. Um, and, you know, I, I like seeing what they could do with new ideas and, and stuff. Now, oh, the news, yeah. I don't know the practical kind of look, and it's going to look like that Robocop. Yeah, yeah. there's say it's going to be it's going to be a direct sequel to the original Paul Verhoeven movie so well, essentially the aesthetic will be the same with the look and stuff so i you know and and if the, i mean if they do it right and it's got and it's got a good script i mean i'm all for it i mean think about think about all the you know they can't all be be Sylvester Stallone who no, essentially no. keeps coming back <laughs> and making sequels to all his movies and every single one of them is a hit i mean look at what he did with Rocky and then the now the Creed franchise, and then all of a sudden, yep. now you got one. You got another Rambo movie coming out. Oh my isn't, god, that so looks so good! Isn't so the, uh, Stallone like eighty? I mean, that's incredible. I'm just yeah, like, but wow. Stallone's been like in incredible shape since like the eighties. I mean, the guy's been juicing HGH and all kinds of stuff since like nineteen eighty one. Remember, he, dude, he, he he trained with Hulk, with Hulk Hogan and uh, Mister oh, T yeah. and all these cats. So oh, I yeah. mean, and he's it's, been it's, in amazing shape forever. 
and it's and it's great, you know, and it's great to see. I mean, and like I said, I don't have no problem with that, and that is one hundred percent nostalgia. I mean, you know, how yep. many Rambo movies did we need? Actually, if you watch the very first Rambo movie, which I believe was called what First Blood, yeah, if correct. You, if you watch that movie, that movie was so very good. self-contained. How it even mm-hmm. got a sequel, if you watch that movie from beginning to end and you just watch it as a standalone movie, I mean, you'd never expect it because there's been movies of that type, yeah. you know, being made for decades. So it's kind of like when you look at, at that, you're like, my God, how did it even get a part two? And then to see now all these decades later, <laughs> he's doing he's doing one final one. And I have to agree, it looks completely looks completely badass. So that's that's a good example of... You know, of something about how nostalgia, if it's done in the right way, can continue to generate revenue regardless of how many decades have passed or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. It's just, wow. If it's even half as good as the fourth one was, yeah, I'm going to be blown away. Like, and the I, movie just called Rambo, that one is brutal. I, it's fantastic, man. I love and that. I, and, and, yep. I mean, and speaking of that, well, while we're talking about requels, I was gushing earlier prior to when we started to the show that my uh, one of my favorite audio directors, Dirk Meggs, put out a audio version, an audio drama version of the original Alien Three script by William Gibson, and he even got got the you know got the original actors to come back and and do and reprise the roles as they were supposed to have in the in the in in the film before the. Uh, whole concept of alien three was changed and i have to admit it was fantastic i listened to it it's two hours and 15 minutes and it feels like a feature film i like to say it's all it was a feature film for the ears you you sit there and you listen to it you have headphones on and you listen to it and you can just imagine all the scenes playing out the musical score was fantastic the acting was just was just spot on and it it feels like it picks up Right where Aliens left off. It's the kind of movie that if we would have got that in theaters, I think the Alien franchise would be in a lot better shape right now. Because for me, it's not that I hated the original Alien 3 movie that actually came out, but I just feel like we'd be in a better place right now if they would have used William Gibson's script because it was incredible. And, you know, you got, they've even got, they had, they have an actress and I forget her name right now because uh, Dirk Max has done a couple of different alien audios based off of novels and stuff. And the actress he gets to play to play Ripley sounds is like a dead ringer, like a sound alike for Sigourney Weaver. It's incredible. I, I, I mean, I'm just I, I can't stop thinking about how great it is because it's like you could get when an audio is that good. You can get all these great visuals and you can imagine how it would look, you know, when when you what you hear is being projected to you in such a way that you can visualize everything in such a perfect manner. I mean, I you know, it doesn't it doesn't really get any better than that. I mean, I just I can't say enough about it. I, I hope that he, I hope he gets the recognition that he deserves for putting this out. And I'm glad that Audible is doing original projects like this and taking doing taking scripts that were never produced and allowing this kind of thing to happen. Um, and it's right now it's eight ninety five on audible and it's worth every penny. 
Also, for comic book fans, Dark Horse is releasing a graphic novel version yes. of William Gibson's Alien 3, and it, too, is fantastic. It got, it's got that really sleek, beautiful Aliens Dark Horse art in it. It's very well written. If you're a fan of the god of cyberpunk William Gibson, this is definitely something you should check out because the man's unreal. Since Neuromancer, he's changed the face to sci-fi. The fact that they didn't do his script for the third film, I agree with Zod Rider, is just ludicrous. I mean, sure, he's caught on more now than back then but like honestly it's a crying shame that like this didn't get made into a film because if you read this comic or if you listen to the play that zod rider is telling you about you're just like jesus why did you go with that i mean like i'd have no problem with alien 3 either it's it's not on the top rung of my alien favorites but what what could have been really makes that movie look like the shit in the bed that it is i mean like, yeah, i hate to and, put it out and, like and, that and the the point being here, you know, because we've been talking about it, and the reason I brought it up, we're, you know, we're talking about requels and everything. I mean, I could see this being being so popular. People get a chance to, you know, read that graphic novel or actually listen to the, you know, the audio, you know, like the movie for your ears kind of a thing. I, I could see them making this script. They still could make this movie. There's no, I mean, if they well, want to the, do the way prequel, they're doing now, they're, they're doing all these requels. I mean, why not? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. could make this movie. They could say this is Alien Three, mm-hmm. and they could scrap. They could scrap what they did before and say, okay, this, this is a direct sequel to Aliens. This is William Gibson's original. I mean, I could totally see them doing that at some point if this catches on. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of like a feeler, you know, to say. To say, well, gee, should we do that? Should we go in that direction? I well, mean, they Lord, actually, yeah, they Lord knows almost... with just real quick, John. Lord knows. I mean, with Prometheus and all the prequels they've tried to come out with over the years, uh, you know, why not? Right. I mean, that, that, that's that's the, that's what I'm saying. And like I said, this audio is done so well; it's incredible. I mean, you literally, if you you know, you're you're sitting there, and it's just like you're listening to the movie without actually seeing it on screen and it's just incredibly well done i i don't i I don't know how they did it and it has like this really this really really amazing cinematic feel it's just incredible we actually got close to almost having it um a few years ago noel blumkamp was actually um tasked to direct the movie that he was actually going to take heavily heavily from the Gibson script, and he was going to bring back Bishop and Hicks and all the characters, and I'm not sure how much of it he was going to use, but like when Chappie came out and flopped, it kind of derailed that whole thing, and he kind of, that whole project just got dropped to the side, and they did Alien Covenant instead. Huge, huge mistake in my opinion. As much as I I have a problem with some of Blumkamp's work, I think what he was trying to do would have been far superior to what Ridley put out. I mean, I'm a huge Ridley fan, but, man, Covenant just was not good at all. Yeah, and I can't, you know, I can't understand, I can't understand it either. I mean, when you have, when you have a script as good as this, and this is what I, I don't understand, studios do this all the time pass on brilliant scripts that would have forwarded a franchise in another direct in a good direction in favor of something else that they just think is going to be better and in the, and in this case I can't think of one reason why you would have chosen they would have chosen the alien 3 that we got as opposed to this script I just can't especially in light of who it is I mean it's William Gibson's script and it, it's very well done 
I, well, I don't, from I, what I understand, what, what's been explained to me, actually, we watched a, a featurette kind of that explained how Alien 3 got made the way it was. And at that time, they wanted to make an 85-minute movie, nothing else. They didn't. And William Gibson's script would have been about three and a half hours long, even cut to shit. So um, they basically went with whatever they could make that would be the shortest so they could get as many screenings as possible. And the, honestly, they just stepped on their balls by doing that. And I'm happy that that practice is finally kind of dying out and studios are letting people <laughs> actually make two Not and a half really. or three hour long movies. Well, some of them are. I mean, some I, it's getting more accepted. You know what I mean? It's still an uphill Hopefully. battle. But but the yeah. but that ninety minute like threshold it, it's getting pushed further and further back as as more artistic and people that are can prove that like yo if we make a good long movie people will watch a good long movie and um and I'm for it because I like long movies I actually yeah. feel like I get money's worth out of like a three and a half hour movie I don't oh feel yeah like- at, at two hours and fifteen minutes this was incredible i mean i couldn't um, i couldn't ask for better if i would have watched this movie in theaters i would have came home raving about it because they they i mean they get everything in there and i'm definitely gonna buy i've i pre-ordered the hardcover uh version of the graphic novel that's going to be released later this year i'm definitely getting that because this is just a this is just a wonderful story and and to to be to have it produced in such a way that is that is the next best thing to having it actually filmed and in front of you. I think is wonderful, and I and I'm hoping that this is what happens, and they they do more unproduced scripts like this. I'd really love to see this continue to happen because this gives you a chance to actually see not only what could have been, but actually how it how it is. Seriously, right. if this was produced, you, this is what you would technically get. So I I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm just I'm just so pumped for this. I mean, I'm probably going to listen to it again over the weekend because I enjoyed it so much. I, I don't know. I'm I'm hyped. I, I can't believe it. I really it, I'm still amazed because I, I'd heard all these rumors that William Gibson's script was this, 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 and this, but I perfect purposely avoided reading about it. You know, for you know, reading the script because the script has been available online for quite some time. But I never wanted to read it because I was always in the back of my mind thinking that may who knows maybe they might use it or produce it or do some do something with it at some point and now we get this excellent audio drama version and then you got the then you got the graphic novel version that johnny's talking about so another thing i hope can come out of this is gibson actually gets some press and people start actually making some of his other writings into films like i would i would kill for another Johnny Mnemonic, actually get Keanu back to play it, and I, I would watch the hell out of that. Like we have the technology now to make a Neuromancer movie that would just be beautiful. Oh yeah, do and, that. And, and uh, you know, the, and I don't know if you've seen the you know the Japanese extended cut of Johnny Mnemonic, but it's it's a it's a much better film. Yeah, it, just well, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I like the regular version too. It's one of my favorite. Like. Guilty pleasures. I don't even call it a guilty pleasure. I just didn't. It's just enjoy a fun the hell movie. out of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, but I mean, seriously, watch the Japanese, uh, the Japanese extended edition. It's it's wonderful. If you haven't seen it, well, but guys, yeah, I mean, like, we're, we're about to hit the uh, commercial break moment here in a couple seconds. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have more news on the roundtable. Uh, we have uh, actually a long list of stuff we uh, we have to go through. Uh, which I haven't even tackled. Uh, really uh, interesting stuff besides Alien. 
Uh, we have stuff with uh, Henry Cavill, one of uh, Zod's favorite actors, right? No, maybe. You're a fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a Henry Cavill fan. I have to admit. Yeah, man. Well, we, we have uh, we have some uh, some cool news with uh, with Mr. Cavill. Uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes uh, here on the round table. Stick around. And uh, this is PSN Radio. Here we go. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now, this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well, it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. Might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities. Welcome live musical guests. Present fascinating feature segments. And take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes, that George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban fellow. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate.
right off the bat, we welcome back to the roundtable, the epic roundtable right here live on PSN-radio.com. I want to welcome everybody listening in, maybe for the first time, maybe for the second time, maybe for the last time, who the hell knows, maybe you just don't like us, but if you do, if you want to stick around, welcome. And uh, I just want to say this is a new night, Thursday nights at 10 p.m., and uh, so far so good. We uh, we have talked about a lot of stuff in the uh, last uh, half hour, and it went by quick, but we have so much more to cover. We've got a lot of news uh, to go through, but uh, Johnny and uh, myself wanted to give our, our quick review of what we've seen so far of Star Wars Resistance, because it's, a, it's been kind of a, of like a, a dividing show between some uh, of the Star Wars geeks and the fandom community and God we love them those fans because they're loud and you know they're, they're they express their love and their hate for everything and uh, this show got so bashed when they first announced oh it's a new cartoon and it's, uh, it's going to be goofy and it's going to be funny and uh, after I've seen uh, all the episodes now, I love this show. Johnny, I know I just put you onto the show this past week, and uh, I told you I, I flippin' love the show. I thought it was uh, really, it's kid-friendly, obviously, because it's a cartoon and it's made for kids. But, it, I mean, it has all the, the right Star Wars vibe uh, to it that I really enjoyed. What are your thoughts now that you've set through it, you're, you're what, how many episodes in? I'm about 12 in. I, I think I watched episode 12 last night, and so I'm and about, like, almost halfway through it. Cool. What are your thoughts so far? Oh, it's, it's excellent. Um, it's different than Rebels, but I like it just about the um, same, maybe a little more, because I enjoy the main character, Kaz, more than I did Ezra in Rebels. He's he's kind of goofy, <laughs> but like in a in a really good way. He always means well. He's he's never too cocky or a little dick like Ezra was, so that goes yep. a long way with me. Um, he actually does some really neat stuff, even though like everybody else is like really mean to him. He actually helps like all the characters through some hard stuff, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I really like the green guy, man. He's kind of, like you said, he is a little annoying at first, but once you get into a couple episodes in, like, he really endears himself to you. You really dig him. Um, I love the pirates. I think that their designs are great. I love that they use reclaimed stormtrooper outfits and, like, weird ways all graffitied up and shit. I I think that that's an amazing look. It's a really cool idea that the designers for the show came up with. Um, the, the racing ships they have are really cool. I love the red tie interceptor. I mean, like the ships are sleek. Um, so far, um, it's, it's, um, from what I understand, it takes place kind of just before Force Awakens because they're showing the Star Killer. Nobody really knows who Kylo is yet. Um, but they do name drop him and Phasma is all up in there. So it's cool. And they actually have the real voice actress playing Phasma, and they got Poe Dameron's up in there, and Oscar Isaac's actually doing his voice. He's actually yep. in one of my favorite episodes I saw. Like, Kaz and him get stuck on the ship with all these crazy little salacious crumb monkeys, and then there's, like, this salacious crumb gorilla that's, like, chasing around. It was great, man. I just, I had a ball. Um, it, this is, like, good, fun Star Wars stuff. I don't, yep. I'm never, I'm never expecting a hard R Star Wars, and I expect Star Wars to be campy and kitty and cute and funny, and this show does all of that wonderfully, so I, I'm digging it. I can't wait to finish it, and I really hope season two gets picked up and put out. 
Well, you know, with the uh, Game of, of Thrones guys doing their trilogy and whatever else Lucasfilms has coming our way, eventually we're going to get something in that's R-rated but live action. And that's fine. It's cinematically. It's, look, it's a galaxy far, far away, but it's a galaxy. It's a huge platform to play with. And instead of just rushing out movie projects just to, like, try to make a buck, you have the tight script, you know, it's going forward, I know they're going to try to not do as much in the Skywalker saga. So whatever they do in the future, listen, if you want to do something in the R-rated, I'm all for it. Like Johnny said, it's it's doubtful. But uh it'll be neat to see, you know, maybe the Game of Thrones guys throw something in the R-rating department. Or uh you never know, maybe uh, somebody else will come in and say, look, I have this excellent idea for this, you know, one movie just, you know, standalone or a trilogy or, or a series of films in the Star Wars universe. Uh, it's a big galaxy, so I hope we see all kinds of stuff in the in the future. But one thing I I am very happy with is this series. Uh, again, yeah, remember Star Wars was originally made for kids. So people who complained that this was a cartoon, this is why you know sometimes you just gotta wait things out and and you know watch it for yourself because I I loved it. I thought I was gonna hate it just because of the backlash and all the negativity and all that crap that was going on uh, a few months ago from some of the heavy hitters on the internet like the gaming geekers or geeks, uh, geeks and pretenders. Or what's the name, Johnny? Look, I, I, I mean, I, I, I like. Um, beakers and bong hitters, wasn't that what you said on the last show? That I, Something I got like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, beakers yeah, yeah. And yeah, but they, yeah, but see, guys, they've made it their career off of bashing Star Wars, so it's so it's not True. surprising that that they would come off at this because that's how that's their bread and butter. That's what keeps them where they are. So, so you know, I expect them to bash anything. I wouldn't take their opinion on anything if it's unless I unless I'd seen it myself and could empathize with what they were saying. But I think a lot of the stuff they say is just just to get them more viewers and just to skewer towards the negative well, so that they can maintain what they oh, have. Oh, sure. Yeah, also, yeah, if yeah. you're on YouTube and you have your channel set up to be like a drama hate channel, if you right. try to switch that up, your audience will turn on you. Right, and, and then, so, and then so you've got all that. Yeah, yeah, they're stuck in the negative regardless of – what comes out? It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them to. I would have to say that geeks and gamers are going to be hard pressed to find a way to like Rise of the Skywalker, even if it's even if it's even if he loves it, yeah. even if they love it, they're gonna they're yep. gonna have to find a way to skewer it towards the negative because again, it's all you know, it's all like YouTube theater, you know. So whether they love it right. or not isn't as important as maintaining what got them to the dance in the first place. So so that's the only problem with skewering negative like that, because then you can't ever have an actual opinion on something that goes against what you normally say. So Because then you look hypocritical, and again, all their followers will turn on them and just follow somebody else that skewers more towards the negative. So yeah. it's, it's kind of sad. I, I, it's sad. Look, I've been critical of uh, Kathleen Kennedy and, and Lucasfilms in the past for stuff that I didn't like they've done. Uh, but when you know stuff yeah, but gets see, done the animated that is good, stuff, but see the animated stuff isn't Kathleen Kennedy though. The, it, the animated no, it's Dave stuff. Filoni. She stays away from. Yeah, she stays away from that. I from yeah. from what from what I could tell, 
Filoni just, you know, do, kind of does his own thing, and she doesn't yeah, care because does. it's yeah. car because it's cartoons. And you can tell too because, you know, that that's quality stuff. I personally, I have not seen any of the Star Wars Resistance, but I can tell you this: I absolutely loved Rebels, so I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, and what I love is Filoni. What he does, and uh, he's very meticulous when he uh, connects whatever he's working on to whatever's going on cinematically. So yes. you, you're, you're going to see parts of what happened in The Force Awakens in cartoon, which is awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's a great series. Don't worry about whatever you, know, you guys might have heard early on. Check out Star Wars Resistance. It's on the Disney Channel. And, uh, you know, see for yourself. It's online also, you guys want to see it, I'm sure you'll be able to find it with the way technology is. You'll find it somewhere. I'll check it out at the library, you know. There you go. So so who's in charge of, like, the Marvel Comics side? Because they've been putting out a lot of really good Star Wars stuff, too. Stuff that's way better than the movies. Like, um, do you guys know, is that Filoni guy in charge of, like, the Marvel Comics side of Star Wars? As far as I know, Filoni is is just in charge of, like, the, the animated uh, right. series division. I don't think he, he has anything to do with the comics. Although I could be wrong. I remember when I interviewed uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, God, I, I can't even remember him right now. And I was so excited to talk to him. Uh, <laughs> Greg, 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 uh, the creator of of Young Justice. What was his name? Greg. Uh, uh, he, wor- he worked on Johnny? Rebels when Rebels first started. Greg. Greg uh, he's real popular, and I can't remember his name right now. Greg something or other. Greg Brady. No. No. Um, <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me look him up because I feel I feel real bad. I'm sorry, Greg. I can't remember your last <laughs> name right now. And but, yeah, don't, no, you hate, don't you hate when that happens We're in the middle of the show? But there's Greg, a lot of... Greg Wiseman. Greg Wiseman. Okay. There I, you I totally, go. I totally forgot. Greg Wiseman. I remember when I talked to him about when I had him on, on my uh, – on, on the Zod Rider show a while back and he and I and I asked him and he could he could barely speak I remember he could barely speak about Star Wars Rebels but all he could all he could say was he had nothing but praise for uh for Fion, uh Filoni he had nothing Filoni, but praise yeah. for that guy cuz that guy just you know that guy knows his stuff knows what he's doing and he he's yep. got a you know, he's got a good a good ear towards the fandom when it comes to those animated animated shows, and that's and and that's good, and that's quite evident because is now has uh, Clone Wars continued too? Because I heard they were doing more episodes of that or another season of that or something. Is has that started or is it just? Is well, it that's right going to be uh, that's going to be for the for the uh, the, the new. Um... Yeah, the the Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Disney yeah, the Plus, reason, yeah. Uh, yeah, the reason we're going to all be paying Disney every month now. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to, fit, I'm just trying to see because I'm like, okay, yeah, they got to have some stuff to put on that Disney Plus. That's Disney Plus that TV series well, I mean, that they got coming only, out. It's only six dollars too. I mean, no, I know, but like, I mean that that's that's going to be way better. Probably going to be way better and give you more bang for your buck than we ever got for that DC Universe crappy app. Just saying. Hey, 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 man. Doom Patrol is an amazing show. Well, you know what? Dude, love that that app. I hate that app, though. I have to admit, that app to me is so terrible because it has so much potential to be great, and they just, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, 
But from what I'm hearing, Warner Brothers is creating an all-around Warner Brothers streaming app that they're going to be coming in, coming out with, and it's going to absorb all the DC stuff. So that DC Universe thing won't be around for too much longer anyway. So Nice. Well, they better do season two of Doom Patrol, or I'm going to go Zod Rider on their ass, man. Let me point this out to you, Johnny. Doom Patrol, right now, the distribution rights internationally for Titans – is Netflix and the distribution rights internationally for uh, Doom Patrol is HBO. So what could very well end up happening is if the Warner Brothers doesn't put, uh, you know, Doom Patrol or Titans or any of those other shows on their on their new streaming service, which would be stupid, they probably should. But if they don't, chances are. It's gonna land. It's gonna land oh, it's on, gonna HBO. on HBO. Go. It's gonna be on That's HBO cool. because we got because we already got that HBO Go, and we and AT and T owns it all. So essentially, you know, it doesn't it doesn't cost them nothing to just drop it on HBO in the first place. And to be honest with you, I don't know why they didn't just beef up HBO and just throw all this stuff on HBO in the first place. Why create a separate app when you already have this app? And honestly, because you got the Watchmen TV series coming out on HBO too, so you might as well just you know throw a dump all the DC stuff over to HBO. What's it's your all take mature on, content anyway. What's your take on the trailer for that, um, Zod? Have you seen the the Watchmen trailer? I think it, I think it looks like it might be promising, but I'm, it, it, it can either be the yes. best thing ever or the worst thing ever. I, right? I'm That's, with you. I'm with you 100 percent on that. I am not sure. I am like. A part of me is is geeking out, and I'm excited because I, I know what I want from it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like I'm ca- so I should say I'm cautiously optimistic about Watchmen, but I'm definitely going to see it. I've got HBO. I'm definitely going to use the use the app, and I'm going to definitely watch it just like just like I did Game of Thrones. I have I have no problem whatsoever giving Watchmen a chance. HBO is a is a quality. Uh, is a quality network, so I, I, I'm I'm thinking we're going to get something good. I mean, it's well, got I mean, some like, good, they got some good actors. From that's, what that, I saw, I mean, that's all I know right now. It's an original idea. I mean, I I've, I've thought of all kinds of weird stuff that they could do to spin off with the Watchmen, but to like have two different factions, one a vigilante group against um police brutality taking on the mantle of Rorschach and the overbearing police taking on the mantle of comedian. Like that, that's almost genius. I really, it is. really, it is. It is. And, and, and you take something like that in comparison to what, what crazy Jeff Johns is doing with the comic books. And you say to yourself, okay, now, now, now we understand how a concept for Watchmen could be developed and processed in a way that we could all appreciate because this is clearly going to be something completely new. And the idea that we're getting an original concept out of Watchmen is just mind boggling to me. I'm, 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 I'm excited. And I, and I don't know, and I don't know if my excitement is misplaced and that's what I'm trying to figure out at this point. I'm with you though, Johnny, that's, well, the cinematography yeah. looks great. Like you said, the cast looks great. The the um the premise that I was able to suss out from the clips I've seen, it, it's very interesting. I'm really really hoping in, uh, HBO nails this because like like it could be either the because I don't see very much middle ground here. Either this is going to be completely incredible or it's going to be a complete missed opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping for the I'm hoping for the latter. Absolutely. I, I mean, I kind of feel 
I, that's how, you know, and I had the exact same attitude going into Titans. And I liked how it started out, and I hated the way it ended, and I just it just fell flat for me at the end. But I loved how they started Titans, and I kind of feel, and, and I'm and I'm hoping that they don't do the, that. That's not the same vibe I get with HBO and Watchmen. I'm hoping that Watchmen just you know is consistent throughout, and we get a one we get a wonderful series. I, and My only issue with Titan was it, it just it was a little slower the first uh, five or six episodes. But then it, it picked up really well for me. I, I enjoyed the uh, the season of Titan, so that was decent. I, I I just that to me that ending, the way that they ended that little cliffhanger ending that they went with, to me derailed the entire show for me. I was just like, what the hell yeah. are you doing? I was like, you guys. I mean, I mean, you set up a nice premise. You had all this. I mean, th- there's so much they could do with it, and I'm just. So I'm going to be, again, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic, too, and go into next season hoping that it's, you know, it's a little, you know, hoping that it irons it out a little bit for me personally. But I, but yeah, I'm, I, and I'm cool with the cast. I mean, I like, I like all the people that they, you know, that they got for it. I, that wasn't my issue. I didn't really have a problem with the, with the direction that they mm. took it in initially. They, you know, they were doing their own thing with it, but I mean, yep. yeah, that, that ending for me took me out of it. It was like really, really, got really, really hokey at the end. I was just like, okay. Talking about the cast, I was actually pretty surprised that the dude that played Dick Grayson, was the rapey guy from Stranger Things season two? I'm like, yeah, wow, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. even recognize him. I looked him up, and I'm like, no way, he's Billy the rapey guy from. And, and he's been, <laughs> he's been, he's been in some surprising stuff. I seen him in something else that recently that I I was surprised he was in, and I and now I again I don't know what's going on with my brain today, but I can't <laughs> even remember what it was. But I, I know what you uh, mean. Like, so, somebody's a, having a little bit of a uh, brain fart today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Today has just been brain farts for me. It's gotcha. Thursday night, you know, and I'm and, and I'm telling you, I'm just there's there's you know, and there's so much to talk about just to spin off of when you start talking about these topics. It's hard to remember everything, but yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. It was just surprising to see some of the stuff that that he's been in. He's and I think he's I honestly think he's he's greatly cast for Dick Grayson. He definitely looks the part. Yeah. So yeah, he looks yeah. like an older Dick. What? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, we've reached that point of the show where we're going to go into some heavy news uh, besides just commentary. Uh, we have uh, a bunch of uh, things we pulled out of the interweb. And uh, Johnny, we're going to lead it off this week. Okay. Well, this wasn't in any of the ones that you guys gave me, but it's something I read today. And, oh, man, it's like, remember when we were talking about the possibility of Jordan Peele doing a new Candyman? Right. Yeah. That's happening. And Tony Todd is totally signed on to return and play the Candyman. So what do you guys think about that? Is that epic or what? Well, at his age now, he definitely looks like a Candyman. He's a lot older. I don't no? get it. Well, just mm. saying. Like, you know, friendly, but yet scary. No. Candyman. He was scary as shit in the old movie. I don't know what you're talking about. That's, that's the thing. I mean, he, how old is he right now? I don't know. He still pretty much looks the same. He's, he's got some gray in his hair, but he doesn't look old, old yet. Because, you know, well, black don't crack. At least I was going to say, Johnny, uh, you know, 
thank you for saying that for me. I was going to say black don't crack, bro. But no, yeah, no, that's exciting though. I mean, uh, to get Tony Todd back involved, that's, that's actually neat. We, uh, almost had him involved in a project, uh, a few years ago. And, uh, separate from the show, nothing to do with the show. And, uh, he's, he's a great, great actor and a fabulous guy. So, uh, to see him involved in the, and now is this going to be a, a complete reboot or is it like uh, semi sequel? Is it a reboot? Some of these, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. reboot. Yeah, that's because how many, again, how, that's many what they're doing. Can, how many Candyman movies did they make? I, they made it, three, two or three. They yeah, it's three, a requel. Thir- it's a requel. But, but the third <laughs> one, it's, uh, the, from what I understand, the third one didn't even have um, Tony Todd in it. I think it might have been a girl because it was at the time where they were doing all the girl slasher movies. I might be wrong, but yeah, I've never even seen part three. I've seen the first two. One is amazing. Two, it's all right. You know what I mean? But you can tell it was a rushed horror sequel in the nineties. Um, right. From all, all I know is it's saying that um, uh, Jordan Peele's doing a new version of Candyman and Tony Todd's back for it. And I'm like, even if they just remake the first one, which I don't think Jordan Peele will do, he's a very clever guy. I'm pretty sure he's got a great idea for this. So whatever whatever it is, like I'm going to check it out with those two involved. Tony Todd has the coolest voice in the world. If I sounded like that guy, I oh, would yeah. have the dopest metal band in the world. I mean, like, oh, my I, if I could pick anybody to read my life story in an audio book, I would get Tony Todd because I'd, people would be terrified reading the whole thing. And would, it wouldn't even be anything scary in the book. It's just Tony Todd be reading it. You know, the, one of the big mistakes, uh, and that's a switch from the great news of Candyman, uh, but one of the biggest mistakes I thought in the uh, Final, Fan- uh, Final Destination franchise is that they didn't include him more into it. And make him like the the killer, you know. The, the final destination at the end was just like all accidents killed the, uh, the the people. But remember, he was set up at one point to be like the the guy in the morgue, and uh, it was really I think creepy. He was like he was like the representation of death, and he would show and kind of tra- tell them like how they fucked up. But like, yeah, they kind of dropped that after part two. I don't even remember yeah. him showing up in any of them after part two, right? Yeah, they showed up like the first two or three, and that's it. And that was a huge, big uh, waste of opportunity because I mean, great actor. I mean, really underused in Hollywood. So that's exciting, man. I, I can't wait for that. Right, right. So moving on. Yeah, next uh, item on the round table. Okay. Um. Let's see. What do we have? Um, Taika Waititi's live-action version of Akira. Land's official release date night. I have some great opinions on that, but I will, I'll, I'll say them after you guys get yours on. Well, first I want to just say, uh, I'm glad you said the, his name because I always have issues with it or trouble with, uh, pronouncing it correctly. Um, but uh, after what he did with Thor, I'm open to see anything he's, he's uh, going to do. Uh, Zod? Yeah, I, you know, I knew you were going to say that, but I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally against him doing this movie because of the things that I've read and things that he's said. On top of that, Katsuro Otomo has final say over the script, so I am right. I'm on board. I am on board. If the original creator of Akira has final say over the over the script. Hey, that's that's fantastic. I like all the stuff he's talking about about using no name Asian actors, casting, casting from the ground up and adapting 
the original manga and not just redo, just rehashing the anime that Otomo already did brilliantly back in 1988. I am, I am 100% on board with this, just listening to this, because it sounds like he has a real, really strong affinity for Akira. He loves the, he loves the source material and he's planning on making a, a, a good film. So I'm, you know, so what, uh, so it sounds, sounds good. Sounds good to me. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited to, to think about what it could be. And again, that, that final script approval from the creator, the man himself, I, I, hey, couldn't ask for, couldn't ask for better than that, honestly. And he's it's, not it's, whitewashing this either. He's no, no, actual see, Asian part, actors. It's that's great. That's the part that I, that's the part that, that has me, that has me all in on the project. I mean, if he, you know, I mean, you, you know that that this is why this project has changed hands so many times because they can't get it right. I mean, there was at one point there was a version they were going to do and they were going to make the make Neo Tokyo, Neo Los Angeles, and they were gonna they were gonna do it was going to be all American actors. It was going to be total whitewashing, right? And yep. and this and this sounds like the guy has his has it all planned out what he wants to do and how he wants to take it in a different direction. And I'm all for an adaption of the manga because we have not seen any adaption of the manga, you know, outside of the animated movie, which did not really adapt the manga, which kind of told its own story, you know, took bits and pieces, but kind of truncated it to the point where you're as an Akira fan, you, you really, it's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to explain. Like we have it's love, kind of hard not to get mad. We we, we, we well, the thing is no no love, the movie the movie's beautiful. The, the movie, movie is yeah, brilliant and beautiful, but it's but it's still There's so much more very, very very truncated well, compared to the manga. Well, the thing is, is Otomo did it himself. He he knew how to he knew how to abridge his story and, and transform it into True. something that was yep. that was small and digestible and put it out and it was brilliant. Um, not very many creators can do that, um, but like he's one of the few that actually was able to pull off taking, um, I don't know, Akira's like, what, a 6,000-page manga? I mean, it's huge. And the yep. fact that he was able to make something so enjoyable and watchable out of basically just picking things, because like, Kaneda is actually not really the biggest part in the comic, you know? And, no. Like, and Akira is actually a character in the comic. A lot of people right. don't know that. But right. They, yeah. they actually they actually go into a lot of you get to learn a lot about it, and you actually get a lot of his personality. Two things that you just you just won't get if all you did was watch the anime. So this at this point, you know, I I have to say it, it's it's exciting news if you're if you're actually a fan that's to see someone who actually cares about. Akira as a whole and wants to do a good movie. I, I'm excited. You know, guys, it, it's uh, you know uh, it's exciting. But here's a question for you: At what point, uh, since technology is kind of so great, wouldn't it be kind of a good idea for some projects like Akira, for example, to be brought into a like a ten episodic uh, Netflix type of series? Uh, where you could actually stretch out the story in ten episodes and tell the grand scale because I mean they're spending crazy money with these online shows now, whether it's Netflix oh, yeah. Prime I, or yeah. I, I, I thought about that too, and I and this is where I this is where I was too. I'm thinking, well, if if WB is planning to launch. Their streaming right. service, they're going to need new content if they want to be able to compete with the likes of, say, 
of, say, Netflix and Hulu and all that. A live-action Akira series spanning the the entire the entirety of the manga and broken up would be would be phenomenal. That that you know? I agree with you. I think that's what they should do. But I think what they're I think what they want to do is they want to get the most out of it that they can theatrically. And if they do that, this thing is going to be this thing is probably going to be about three films. It probably would be a trilogy if they were to try and adapt the entire right. manga. And each movie would it would be about three hours. So you're you're gonna you're gonna get into you know, Lord of the Rings territory here. If you really want to adapt Akira on the level that you would need to, if you're following the manga, so you I don't, almost have to because of the, the amount of material that's there. You you can't. It's a, it's nearly impossible to truncate that into like two hours sometimes, and this is why a lot of these big you know projects fail, uh, especially right. in the eyes of the diehards, because they're like, well, it's decent, but it's not exactly like the book, or it's not exactly like the series, or it's not exactly like the canon, because there's so much story, and as a director or filmmaker, you can only you know put so much into a two-hour project and yeah. cut that down. It's not easy. Yeah. And three hours, even three hours. You know, we're talking about three-hour movies being long, but sometimes when you have a, something like Akira, three hours is nothing. No, and 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 that's the that's the whole point. Like they, like if they want the next, the next on-screen epic Lord yep. of the Rings type franchise, and this is Warner Brothers. So if they want to do that, they can. They can, but they got to let him do what he wants to do. They right. can't just they can't sit there and interfere with everything and say, oh, oh, the movie the movie has to be two hours because we have to get all these asses in seats. That's the problem with Warner Brothers right now. They think every movie or, has to be two hours. Or worst of all, sending Joss Wheaton to finish it. Oh, well, God I, I, back back to back to the um. I was actually completely going to shit all over this, even though I like Watiti. I I do not want Hollywood to touch this whatsoever. But after hearing all the wonderful things Zod Ryder just said, I'm 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 giving this the same odds as Watchmen now. You know, it's going to be either go. be right. That's how, amazing, that's, that's how you look at it. It's either going to be great or it's going to be horrible. One way either or way, or we're going to see it. So you well, know, see, I, I, I was worried that like. Miles Teller was going to play Kane. To, no, that's, gonna, not like, that's not happening. That's not happening. He said specifically that he is casting Japanese teenagers Miles from Teller. the ground up. He's getting no name. He's getting no name actors and actresses that he that he's, he's going to find. And honestly, if he's doing that, that alone is going to get you excited because that alone makes the movie more marketable right, right. then. Because Akira doesn't the Akira doesn't make sense as an American as an American movie. So you, yep. I mean, well, he's, he's friends with Takashi Mika, so I guarantee you he's over there snatching up all them kids that were just in that JoJo movie because they're all like the hot ticket actors over there right now. I guarantee you that's who he's picking up. He's oh, he's going to get it, and, and he also. And then when you think about it, again with the with what do you think about the fact that Atomo? himself has final approval over the script i mean come on you can't ask for better than that i'm like yeah. wow let Very the true. man direct it i'm pretty sure he could direct a lot he don't want to direct it though he, he yeah. said in the interview that he's he's done with akira he doesn't want to direct it any but he he doesn't mind somebody else handling the material as long as they handle it with care 
and do it justice. He he has said this, and he's not. So he doesn't have a problem with it. My thing is, this is why now I understand why this movie has had such a tough time getting off the ground. If he's had approval, script approval, mm-hmm. he probably hasn't approved any of these goofy ass scripts that they were gonna, that they were going to go for before. So. So the fact that this has an official release date, that means he's signed off on what um what he, he must have done so far. Must have signed up on, must have signed off on it. And that alone, having the creator involved is is huge, I think. Yeah. Yep. I mean Ghost in the Shell, I mean, hello. Well I mean, <laughs> Ghost in the Shell was a beautiful, perfect adaptation compared to like Death Note, which, and I really had high hopes for that. I I still love Willem Dafoe as Ryuk. He was, I was fucking still, amazing. I would still, I would, you know what the thing is? I would give uh, Netflix another chance if they decided to do their Death Note sequel. Because from what I've heard, the Death Note sequel that they want to do is going to be different from this. It's going to be a sequel, but it's but it's kind of going to do its own thing. So I would, as long as they don't start going into the near, uh, the near part of the storyline. Yeah, I hate I'll be, it. I'll be I'll be okay with it because that was always my big that was my biggest problem with the manga and the anime to be to begin with. Yeah, because it got why, so why'd stupid. They bring, like, why'd they bring these stupid people into this story? Infants, <laughs> like L, the greatest detective <laughs> ever. Gets gets stooped, but they bring this child that's just come somehow can now smart. He's like light. he's like it's six years stupid. old. He's like six years old, and it's got him and his brother. And it's just like, oh my god! I yeah, I'm with you there. I I don't understand why they didn't just leave L alive till the end. I was always hoping that there was going to be some bizarre twist where L was going to be alive at the end of it all and pulling the strings, and that didn't happen, and that disappointed me because. You know, Death Note was brilliant to a point. It really was. Yeah, uh, towards the yeah the last third of the anime, I basically just watched it to see Ryu laugh at Light, being like, "Dude, you're fucking up. They're getting you. They're getting you." So I, I, I loved Ryu. I liked how he never helped that dude. He just sat there and fucked with him the entire time. And like, he's the only thing that kept the show watchable for that last third of the of the show because Light was stupid as hell. The rest of the show just went downhill after um. He killed his dad and L died. I'm like, why did you even, why did you do that? You, you should have ended it there, or at least. Cause it just got so whack. I don't understand why, like, it get that show gets so much love because it was brilliant up until a point, but man, did it shit the bed in that last third. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you, and it's like, I remember when I finished, the day I finished it, I, I remember like scratching my head, like, what the fuck? fuck did i just did they just do like the ending just it blew my mind and not in a good way and i just and i just really i can't stand when when they when they do things like that when they got something so brilliant i think you know what it was they ran it too long death note went too long they could have they could have cut that storyline in half and if they would have kept the core of it between light and and uh l you could have had a brilliant. You could have had a brilliant cat and mouse game. They didn't need to extend it beyond that. Even if they wanted to ultimately have light win out at the end, and they ended it there, that would have been fine too. As long as you still had the, you know, you still had the dynamic between the, the, those two. Once they started introducing all these other extracurricular characters that we cared nothing about and didn't want to begin with. <laughs> That's where it went up downhill. Oh my I, I God. did like the very, very end. Like Ryuk's just like, dude, you're fucked up. 
I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kill you all the way off so I don't have to hang out with your fucking decomposing corpse while you're in a coma or something. And I was just like, oh, okay, that was, that was actually the only part at the end of the show that I actually liked. I was like, cool. Right. And, and honestly, the, the, and honestly, the manga handles, handles things a little bit better too. I, I like, I prefer the manga to the anime, but it's still, technically the same because this is one of those things that where the anime and the manga line up pretty well together so i don't know also um what what's your take on this um netflix cowboy bebop movie i gotta say that i am not down with it man like especially after death note like oh, i i am severely worried about it i'm, I'm gonna be honest with you Netflix did an adaption of another anime called Jinro, uh, the Wolf Be- the the Wolf Brigade, and it and it was really well done. It was really good. It was a Netflix, and they they handled it well. Cowboy Bebop, I kind of have a love hate relationship anyway, so I'm not really what? I'm not really one of those people that is gonna. I mean, I'll, I'll check it out and see what they do with it, but I don't know. I, I could, I guess, I guess it's kind of like for me, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. I could take it or leave it. You know, it might be good, it might not, but you know, we'll man, see. Cowboy Bebop's the goat, man. That's like the greatest ever. I, I, I gotta, I, I'm, I'm now. If Netflix decides to do a live action Berserk TV series, they better get it right. That's all I'm saying. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's coming that's- actually. No, no, they're actually um, in talks to do an anime. Like that, um, I forget his name. The dude that did Castlevania, and he's doing the new Devil May Cry. He really wants to do a Berserk. And since um, Dark Horse just signed this really big deal with Netflix, it looks like that might be in the cards. I know that they got that CGI cartoon going on in Japan. I don't know if that's still going. Like that's I, I on uh, that's on Crunchyroll. It's had a couple of se- a couple seasons. Um... I'm not sure if it's. I'm not sure if it's getting a third. If it's got a third season or not. I I stopped after the first season because the animation was just kind of off-putting for me, especially when you look at the you know how the original anime was from the '90s, how beautiful that animation yeah. is. Well, especially when you to, look when you look at other CG animes out there, like Knights of Sidonia and shit, like that actually looks really smooth. The characters, even the Ultraman, even the Ultraman animation is better than the, the way Berserk looks. And yeah. Ultraman has kind of some stilted animation in there too, but it's still better than Berserk. I don't know what the excuse was for Berserk. I just got it because it was Berserk. And I enjoyed it until like, especially in the first season, like at the end where like the, the, the torture bishop guy becomes like the gargoyle and the way his head moved it was just so unnatural it looked like looked worse than what you'd see like in an n64 game i'm like how did you guys pull this out and think that this was okay especially like when you're saying like when you look at the old beautiful og berserk anime and like sure that's a lower production anime and it's probably one of the most gorgeous hand-drawn fucking animes ever so And here, uh, segueing into uh, our next story uh, on the round table. Speaking of, and it's a perfect you know, drop into it, Johnny, so I can jump, jump in. Um, Hellboy, David Harbour, acknowledges major problems with uh, the reboot. And he, of course, played the Hellboy in the new movie. Uh, I know Johnny loved the movie, but uh, the main star just came forward 
now, it, since we're talking about, you know, doing you know, stuff on Netflix and on, on, online and, and redoing reboots and stuff, this is another show or something, Hellboy, that would fit, uh, you know, the streaming better than the uh, well, live stuff. But, it's funny you bring uh, that up. It's funny you bring that up because, like I was saying, Netflix and Dark Horse just signed this really big deal, and yep. both have been dropping That's really right, I dropped that in there. Hand. <laughs> that a BPRD show may very well be in the works, and you know what? That gives yep. me the hugest boner in the world. Right? Think about that. A homeboy series. Or, like, even if he's just barely in it and they do the rest of the BPRD, they got, like, um, Klaus and um, Roger and um, Dario right. and Gliz and all them, and Hellboy just pops up, uh, like, in the finales. I'd be fine with that, too, because, like, he's not always in the comics, in the BPRD comics. So mm-hmm. I think if if they focus on the BPRD and then have David Arbor, who's already a Netflix, Netflix loved star, right? Like pop right, right. up in for for um like key episodes. I think I think that's a success for winning, in my opinion. Or oh yeah, now the you know, movie did whole... re- the movie did really badly, and uh, you know, uh, it's uh, when the star comes out and personally gives his disappointment in the finished film. That's kind of tricky, so I don't know if you're going to... You, well, people, well like just that. so you guys know, online people have been calling for the director's cut to be released. Just saying. <laughs> okay? I'm, not, I'm not trying to get into that. that whole it's Snyder going to be uh, involved in any way? I'm not trying to bring up Zack Snyder, but what I'm saying is they're calling for the director's cut. I'm, I'm just pointing that out. So, well, uh, well, unlike... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into this, but like there is actually 100% verified a version a finished version of the film that neil marshall has com- had completed and for some reason they decided they wanted to rework it and because they 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 fought with him the entire film but he put out he made something that he thought was great and then even the movie that they chopped up and messed with i thought was still a lot of fun and a pretty good movie so well, but, um, yeah yeah but knowing what? Lionsgate, if they can make five extra dollars off a DVD sale, you know yep. that, that um, director's cut's going to be on the DVD. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll and, definitely and, buy it. And Harbour himself said, regardless, uh, he still thinks anyone who hasn't seen the movie should still give it a chance. So, uh, again, movies are subjective. Give the movie a chance regardless, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. like like I've told everybody, it's not as good as the Del Toro movies. I don't think anything probably ever will be. This is actually closer to Mignola's Hellboy. It, it, and no, I, I, I still love Golden Army better. But this is a damn fun, fine Hellboy film, in my opinion. And that's just where I'm going to leave it. Well, I, uh, well, let me ask you, though, real quick, Johnny. Do you want the Do you want to see the director's cut if they oh, announce yeah. they're going to release it? Don't you want to see it? Yeah. I mean, that's that's where I'm at. I mean, yeah, I like the theatrical cut too, but you know what? I I still want to see this director's cut. I'm all for creative integrity. I think a director's cut would be fantastic. In fact, I think any any movie that comes out, I still want the want the director's cut of the 2014 RoboCop. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge go. Neil Marshall fan. Like I'm ever excited. since Dog Soldiers, man. Like he did The Descent, he did Centurion, Doomsday. Yep. The guy's never let me down, and he's always had had to have director's cuts because even when he was working in England, they were cutting the blood and guts out of his movies. So he's this isn't new to him um, in America. He had to, the same shit happen to him in America. And each one of those films I just named all have extended director's cut versions of them that got released. So I'm fairly confident that 
Lionsgate will do the same for Hellboy, and I'm pretty sure it will be more enjoyable like all the rest of his movies' director's cuts were. And I'm more than down to see whatever Neil Marshall makes next. He's one of the best names in modern horror. He really knows his gore. He really knows how to make a movie fun and funny at points. So I, I'm not holding anything against him. And, and I, it's I, not I like love it, I would love to see it. It's not that yeah, it's not like it's never happened before. Me and Johnny were talking about this, you know, a week or two ago. I think Johnny, remember The Exorcist? They did the same oh, thing. Yeah. They had two versions of a prequel, and they they released one because they, they thought the original one sucked. So they redid, you know, in a rush, they, they redid the movie, and the audience was like, "No, no, this movie really blows." And then they re- they released the original cut that they had from the uh, different director. And then the audience went, uh, yeah, no, this one blows too, man. Like, damn it, you can't get a good exorcist movie out. And what the hell? But at least you, you got two cuts of it in theaters. Um, now, do you think it would be a good idea to put something like that in theaters? What the hell, boy, director's cut? Yeah. I, I would love to see it. I don't think Lionsgate would have enough confidence to try and put it back out. They barely promoted the, the re- original version of the movie, which is kind of part of why it didn't do too well either, because they had really that lot timing of- to <laughs> kill that movie because I mean, the release date wasn't very solid for that kind of film, dude. That's another thing. So yeah, they dropped it in between Shazam and um, Endgame. It's like, what were you guys yeah. thinking? You guys should have released it. Like, either right before or around the same time as Alita, because that would have been a nice movie for it to keep up with. Alita's another one that I thought was... Alita's another movie that I thought was absolutely perfect. Yeah. I love... I I, I gotta... I I mean, I I cannot... I am waiting for that Blu-ray to come out. I cannot wait. I love that film. My goodness. I I hope it it gets a sequel that was... uh, It deserves a lot. It deserves deserves a trilogy at the very least. It's so good. I I didn't think it was going to be that good. I I saw it and I was like, ah, it's just going to be probably a lot of hype. It's a damn good movie. You never read the comic then, man. The comic was so good. No, no, no. The old the old OVA anime kind of sucked. The movie basically tells the same story, but does it way better than the old anime did. But yep. like honestly, the Alita manga is amazing. Robert Rodriguez does what he does best when he does comic books. He basically just translated it really well. And goddamn, Christoph Waltz really looked like the character that he played. I mean, <laughs> like honestly, that was perfect casting. Yes, but um. Yeah, no, it was it was very well done. If if you read the manga, you should have um it, like me and Zod did. You probably would have expected it to be as good as it was because there was nothing but sky um as oh. limit, especially with Rodriguez having James Cameron's production crew at his beck and call doing whatever he wanted for the film, and I think that he pulled it off. I mean, I know a lot of people still hate on Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be a fan, and I think he really showed that he is still a really good director with Alita. I don't care what that, it is. Yeah, that, that movie to me, that movie to me is easy. Alita is easily film of the year for me. Easily. I mean, I, I can't even... I can't even think twice about it, because it just... every I loved every moment of that movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's top uh, three or four for me, uh, for sure. We'll, I mean, we'll go over that list at the end of the year, obviously, but uh, yes. uh, so far, yeah, it's uh, top two or three, easy for me. Uh, Johnny, what else we got on the uh, round table here? Uh, well, we got a review of that Brightburn movie, but I haven't seen it yet, yep. so I don't really want to read this review that you posted, if that's cool. But, like, if you want to cover cool. 
what you think about it. I think I think it looks. Why like don't a we wait till Why don't we wait till you've seen it before we talk about it? Uh, have you guys seen it? I, I saw it. Uh, I'll see this. I'll see this. My truck. The reviews over on Superhero uh, Hero Hype. It's a really good review. It's by Tyler uh, Salon. Uh, just came out uh, this past uh, week, and uh, I saw Bright Burned. Uh, this is uh, done by James Gunn's brother, uh, the writer, and in uh, this thing. And uh, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, you know, for and I'm gonna keep a spoiler for Johnny for you, uh, but. To me, it was a, a combination of uh, Man of Steel's beginning with uh, touches of other great movies, uh, one of which I, I I will say I was blown away by a caller that uh, Zod Ryder had on the show this week, which uh, dropped in this little nugget of, of what he thought and uh, what he said reminded him of uh, I was blown away by it because I was like, yeah, I'm with you, man. Good job, Fred. Uh it, it has a little bit of psycho in it, so yeah. I'm just saying, brilliant uh, connection by that uh, that call you had uh, there, side. Yeah, uh, but I I loved Bright Burn. Uh, what do you, what were your thoughts? I you know what I I appreciate for those the who didn't hear your for those who didn't hear the movie. <laughs> I appreciated the movie for what it was, and like I yes. said, I, I I'm hoping you know that they'll do. They'll do a, at least do a couple of sequels, maybe, and they'll they'll flesh it out a little more. And yeah, I, but I but I did appreciate it. I did appreciate some a lot of the little nuances and things that they did, and tributes to other horror movies and things, and the whole. And and it really wasn't, you know, I thought that I was going to hate it because of the, you know, because I thought, oh my god, they're parodying Man of Steel, but that's not really what they were doing. What no, they were, not at all, what no. they were, what they were yeah. doing. That was just, that was just a marketing ploy that they were trying to use. They were trying to riff off of Man of Steel to market the movie. But what essentially they were doing was they were telling, like a, like a brand new genre that that, they're, that they, I guess they label it as like superhero horror because right. it really, because it really does set the tone for something like that and i i mean it would be it would be interesting to see them turn around later on down the line after like two or three films and to do like do like their own like injustice league kind of thing with a bunch of evil bastards on earth uh, you know right it's just but this opens I'm, the door for stuff like that that's that's great because it's not because again it's not it's not any particular yeah. hero it's not a traditional hero it's not superman it's not justice league it's something like that but you but you get all you're getting all these little similarities and these little riffs that you know and i that i absolutely agree that little that little nod to psycho was absolutely brilliant so those no. are my my thoughts on it I, what was it like man of steel because like from what i saw the from the only, trailer it kind the of only, reminded me more of a comic I read called Falling Stars by J. Michael Straczynski. It has, it has that Smallville, Men of Steel. It almost, just had it part almost of the movie. vibes more. I, I would say that, yeah, it kind of it touches a little on the Man of Steel aesthetic in yeah. terms of the look. But, but what it does, it kind of, I feel like it kind of has more in common with like Smallville, the TV show, than like Man of Steel. Like it kind of... You know, like what if Clark was was evil? Evil, yeah. So, so you guys both like it. I'm, I'm getting that right. Yeah, yeah, both yeah, really it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it's a good it's a good little movie. It's it's not yeah. what I it's not what I thought it was going to be. And this is one of those situations where I'm happy that it wasn't what I 
expected it to be. Because I just expected a straight-up uh, Man of Steel parody with a horror right. twist. That's what right. I expected. And the fact that that's not what it is makes me happy because now it's something that I can that I can appreciate for being what it is while still looking forward to more films that they may do. So that was a refreshing uh, thing for me because I honestly didn't think I was going to like it. I thought I was going to absolutely hate it and it was going to be something I was going to be bashing. So I'm glad that that's not the case. Well, hell, man, this is like the second time they've done that with one of James Gunn's brother's movies. What was that one he had a couple of years ago about the people stuck in the building? But they, they, they tried to make it look like it was going to be kind of be like a survival horror thing, and it really wasn't. So like, it's, I don't know why they keep doing that with this movie. It's kind of false advertising them in genres that they're not actually a part of. That's kind of Well, that up, keeps right? it fresh when you're in theaters, Johnny, when you watch it. And uh, you're expecting one thing, and then a twist started happening. You start seeing connections to other things, and you start seeing uh, the the Easter eggs. And and as a fan, you're sitting and you're like, "This is not what I was expecting. This is great," uh, and it's done properly. You know, it's it's not like some movies where they try to suburb your your expectations, and then they end up fucking up the entire trilogy. It's something like that. Like they actually took their time and did a really good job. With uh, with the script, and look, I, I'm a critic of James Gunn uh, for you know past behavior, but his brother knocked this one out of the park. I think did a fabulous was that job his brother? I don't even think it was his brother. I think those are like his cousins or something. Cousins, yeah, whatever. I don't know. They're they're related to him. They're related to him in some way, but it's just kind of. I mean, it's a different the, the and the director is somebody different altogether. So right. I yeah, right. I don't you know you to me. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I, you know, I'm okay, whatever, I'm whatever when it comes to. But James he produced Gunn, it. I could James care less, but he did, but he yeah. produced it, and he and yep. he knows what he knows what he was doing. He took he took all his, you know, and again, Man of Steel takes its shots in this movie, but it's not like, yep, it's not, it's not like, like it was being picked on. No, like no, 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 not, not at all, no, not at all. No, in fact, no. in fact, I read a really good article uh, the other day. Where it's where it actually went into went into uh, a dynamic where it talked about how this movie *Brightburn* shows us just how deeply ingrained in pop culture *Man of Steel* has become. It was a brilliant. It, I mean, it was a brilliant article. Like it broke it all down and talked about how you you know you, you all the little things and like stuff that we're saying how it how it touches on horror and different elements and different genres and it takes its yep. cues from from superman and man of steel and smallville but then it does its own thing but it just goes to show how far how far man of steel has has gotten and how man of steel should be should be more appreciated it kind of elevates man of steel in a way because yes. you see because you see where you see what they're doing here and how 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 it could how henry cavill's superman could have easily became this character in the in the world that we that we're living in now, so it's yeah, I, I yeah that was that was pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, I, I really want to see it. I'm hyped. It's just um, it's only playing at one theater near me, and it's kind of um, in the just city. wait for it to come. Just wait for it to hit. You know, wait for it to hit uh, video, and and you'll appreciate it more when you can sit at home and watch it. Johnny, uh, um, it's on Plex. Just saying. Okay. Is it a good copy though? Because I hate Cam. Shush, shush. You know, off air, off air, Johnny, off air. 
Okay. Ow, here, son. <laughs> wow. We, keep, we are, we we, are we live keep, on tsn-radio.com. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. I can say Plex, but you know, the rest of that part of that because, conversation, because we Plex keep that is, out fair. Because Plex, yeah. is, Plex is flat out legitimate. Let's, you know, let's just point that out. Plex is yeah. a legitimate server for for personal film and TV collections. Let's just put it out there for people. Yes. It's, Beautiful. It's, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Marvel, Captain Marvel producer explains how Disney Plus series tie in with the MCU. Like, does there this really need to have an article? I'm pretty sure, like, the actors and characters that are going to be showing up in them kind of, like, shows you. But what, what, uh, you guys tell me how you guys feel about this. Well, yeah, let me just go uh, quickly on this. One thing I'm, I'm happy about is they're not going to, like, uh, uh, do what they did with uh, Shield, for example, where they referenced certain things, but didn't really have that connection to what was going on cinematically. Uh, Agents of Shield, you know, really kind of feels as a series because of that, because yeah. it took too long to build up. While they would reference something here and there on like the events in New York or whatever, it really didn't tie in Universal superheroes from the Marvel MCU show up on S.H.I.E.L.D. much, other than maybe, like, what, Nick Fury and a couple of people once about it. And uh, it really, to me, uh, you know, if they could connect some of this stuff, I think that would be great. That's another great selling point for Disney+. Plus. So, uh, so what are well, your I mean, thoughts? Oh, Johnny. Sorry, whatever. Well, well it, it's like the the... the, the Two of the shows I'm most excited for are going to be about um, Sam uh, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes playing Winter Soldier and um, the new Falcon, probably right. Falcon as Captain America. So, like, I don't understand how anybody needs to have them explain to them, like, how that's going to tie in. Then you have a show about Hawkeye, which is being played by Jeremy Renner, and he's going to be training the new girl yep. Hawkeye from the comics that everybody likes. And uh, that sounds exciting as hell. Then you have yep. WandaVision, which is going to have... Paul Bittany and the girl that plays Scarlet Witch. So, I, 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 you know, like, I could understand, like, them needing to break it down for something like S.H.I.E.L.D., that aside from having Greg Clark in it, really had fuck all, no characters, no actors for right. anything. But this is, this is basically just a continuation of these characters a lot of people are interested in having their own little adventures. So I, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a no duh thing for me personally yeah. as well. I was trying to say with, it's, a, with it's basically a, it's basically a win win for them. Yep, and it's a, I could care less either way. The only Marvel series I want to see brought back is Daredevil. Daredevil. The only, yeah. the only series yeah. I give a damn about. If they don't, they could take or leave all these little spinoffs and and uh, Wanda Wanda Vision. It sounds like a sounds like a Nickelodeon puppet show. I, look, look, I don't really, I don't like. I said I don't really care about any of those shows. I probably won't watch. One of them. I'm being honest. But Daredevil, if they were to announce right now that they were going to do another season of Daredevil, I'd be really hyped up and excited. Well, you know the uh, the, the main stars of Daredevil, and the, even uh, the studio wants to uh, incorporate that series. I'd love to see Daredevil eventually be, be brought back. I think. Like I, think, I, I think, think. I think they said they're yeah. gonna. I think they said that the the what the idea with with Daredevil is if Daredevil comes back, it'll be on Hulu. Yeah. Because well, it's a, because it's that's, more of a because it's more of an adult show and it's not wow. so it wouldn't be on it wouldn't be on Disney Plus because Disney Plus's stuff is going to be mainly geared towards 
family yeah. audience. Yeah, like legit uh, Jekyll in the second episode, like that dude just straight up headbutts like a fence. Right. Like, you straight up see his head get impelled. I don't see that happening on Disney Plus. But honestly, I, they I, should I, do all this Marvel stuff on Disney uh, on on Hulu anyway. I mean, they should keep this stuff off of Disney Plus. I think altogether. I agree. Because, I because, agree. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But it, no. it just goes to show you the stuff that is going to be on Disney Plus is going to be so watered down. This WandaVision might as well be iCarly 2.0 because ultimately, you know, this is the type of audience that they're gearing it towards. They're gearing it Mm -hmm. towards family audiences and children. And that's cool. That's fine. If that's what they want to do, whatever. But I'm, but I'm, you know, I've gotten to the point where, you know, I'm I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, great. You know, they, I mean, they could have had. They could have, at one point, if they would have did it right, they could have had Ray Park as Iron Fist, and that would yeah. have been brilliant. Instead, they they went off and did whatever the hell they wanted to do, and nobody nobody watched the show. So now you're you're looking at all these all these shows that ended up getting canceled, and getting thrown away, and hopefully, you know, maybe we'll get we'll get Daredevil back it's again. Not- love it. Zod, yeah. you should ch- you should check out the Cloak and Dagger show though. I think you'd really like that. That it's so unlike anything else Marvel has out. It's really well made. It's it's got that kind of like slow burn, dark, creepy style that you like. Um, the cast is brilliant. I I think you dig Cloak and Dagger if you get. Yeah, me. I'll have to check it out. I, I again, I haven't I haven't done that. The it's last on freeform. I don't even know what the hell channel that is. But the like, last series I the last series I checked out in its entirety and finished up, I believe was. Uh, was uh Star Trek, Star, oh. Star Trek Discovery season two and I and I'm pretty much and I was pretty much burnt out after that so I'm like I don't know I'm gonna wait and uh, see what see what else is out there but I'd be all down I, and I'm all down for Disney Plus I don't get me wrong I don't have a problem there's gonna be stuff I'm gonna watch I'll probably Hell yeah. have have Disney Plus for for Star Wars but as far as all these other these little PG uh, Marvel shows I really don't care. I'm, well, I'm no, no, no love for uh, hold on, no, no, no love for uh, Punisher. I mean, that's a good series. Yeah, Punisher, if it comes back, if it comes back again, it's going to be on Hulu. If it comes back, it's not going to be yeah. on Disney Plus. I don't care where they bring it back. I, mean, I, I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I don't care what. I mean, we got a better. You got a better chance of. Uh, you got a better chance of, of Disney Plus airing the Snyder cut than you do. Uh, than you do uh, Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm pretty hyped for the uh, for the Winter Soldier um, Falcon show. That that sounds. I, I would be. I would be if it wasn't going to be on Disney Plus. That's my problem. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, that, that's that, why you're. you're you well, know. see, that's the thing. That's why I thought when Jackal first told me to watch Rebels, I'm like, no, dude, it's on fucking Disney Channel. That sounds. And then when I sat down and watched Rebels, especially the last episode, I'm like, Jesus, they showed that on Disney. So maybe they might be able to pull that off with a couple of these Marvel shows. Just, just me spitballing and hoping here. But if they're able to get away with some of the stuff they do with their Star Wars cartoons, they might be able to kind of brutal up these shows a little bit. Like at least to yeah, the movies. Well, again, that was cartoons, and it, it, you know you can get away with a little bit more than you can with live action. Uh, I mean, know. unfortunately, uh, and this is the problem: the Mandalorians is going to have to have a line that it toes too. Yeah, you got to remember anything that's on Disney Plus. I mean, you you talk about a mandate. There's going to be mandates in place oh, up the wazoo. So we yep. have, so we have to, so we just have to consider. We just have to stop and consider that. And that, to me, is really what is injuring the hype train for this Disney Plus because of that very point. I mean, 
Well, the one the one thing that's getting to me is after what I when I watch what I want to watch, like what am I going to do with the rest of the month? I'm not going to do live with Zach and Cody or anything like how that. How the hell can you have a Winter Soldier TV show and have it on Disney Plus? I don't just, know how to, just, how just for example, just think about just think about who Winter. Just think about that character. Just think about what they did with that character in in the films. How do you do a TV show and put it on? How is that not something that would be considered more adult? How do you not do a more adult story if you're dealing with Winter Soldier? How? I don't, I don't know. know. Disney put out the movies. The movies are PG-13. It's not like he has a hard R film about right. him. Been able to run around marking people pretty well on uh, uh, in the films that Disney releases. Yeah, but they, but yeah, but they. So, but well, still, I, look, I, I think if you put it on Hulu, it just opens up the door to so many more. Oh, no, I would do the rather be on Hulu so. too. Like, you're not going to get that argue. You're not going to get me to argue against it being better idea on Hulu. But that's why. But that's there why you'll go. never see. But see, that's why you'll never see Daredevil on. Disney Plus, it just of won't happen. Not, no. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're no. gonna get there, no way in hell. It's gonna, it's gonna go on. It's gonna go on Hulu, and what, from what I've heard, it's gonna take a while because Netflix is gonna still maintain the rights to the existing seasons of Daredevil. So they they kind of they're kind of in a bit of a pickle. So even if Hulu does pick up future seasons of Daredevil, they're not gonna have any access to the to the original seasons because those seasons are exclusive to Netflix. I don't care. I mean, they could get rid of Karen Page and Foggy right now. There's so many epic runs of Daredevil that ran for years that didn't have any of those characters and was just yeah. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. You might end up with if you might you might end up with a totally different direction in terms of where they go because of the fact that they kind of want to distance themselves from the Netflix seasons, but at the same time, they have to. They want to are going to kind of want to stay in continuity and in tone at least. I, I, you know, my my thing is my dream for the opening of the new of the like a, a new season of Daredevil would be Karen Page and Foggy getting wiped out in the first five minutes of the of the, of the <laughs> premiere. Well, well, that's the to thing, me. Like... Then then you have then then you have Matt Murdock, and then it's all about him, man. You you just you just get rid of them all together, and you yeah, that, all... that was one of the things. It was too lovey dovey. Uh, they, they they focused too much on, on the relationship and. Not enough on, on it, and that was just a minor complaint, by the way, uh, because you know Daredevil yeah. was one of the best well, series Daredevil, on the network. Daredevil's always they focused a little too much on 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 the, on the love relationship between Foggy and and, and they whatnot. set up, and honestly, they set up Bullseye too good to yeah. not to not follow through with that in a new season. We're gonna have to yeah. go there. So the best way to do it is to have. Is to have them get uh, to have them get wiped out. To tell you the truth, like I was actually surprised that Karen Page survived season three because in the comics, when Bullseye killed Daredevil's mom, he also murdered Karen in the, in the same fight. So I was like, well, really I, well, I, 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 since yeah, the yeah. direction that they're going in with having the next season be a Bullseye centric season, yeah, hoping he murders he, her, he's gonna he's gonna definitely take them out. That's probably what well, the plot was gonna be. Foggy's never gonna die, but like him and Matt get mad at each other and don't speak for like decades in the comic books. So like I- I'm down for that yeah. happening. 
they, they, they maybe show pictures of him and be like, oh, look, Foggy's the big DA because that happened. And, like, Matt's still, you know, just doing what he does. And right. I, I would be down for that. Like, they just kind of separate it from what it is. Don't even bring up the kingpin for a couple seasons and then boom and then get back into that when it's time after they play with, like, people like Mr. Fear or some of Daredevil's other really cool villains after Bullseye. Maybe do Lady Bullseye. Um, they developed Typhoid Mary a little bit for um, – in the second season of Iron Fist, they could bring her in because, like, she is a daredevil villain anyway. She never fought mm-hmm. Iron Fist. So, like, yeah, th- th- there's a lot of cool stuff that they can do. And they could, bra- they could branch themselves away from what Netflix was doing, but still keep it the same show with the same actors, basically. Right. And that- right. I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason for them not to. I mean, that, that show has such a following. I, honestly, that's really the only show that the majority of people really gave a, gave, gave a damn about because that's the only show of all the Marvel shows that's remained consistently good for all three seasons that it was on. Oh, Punisher right. had well, two songs. Punisher, had a, yeah. Punisher had a chance to have a third one. I'm pretty sure. But, yeah. but I mean, what I'm saying is, Daredevil is still is still even bigger than that. Though Daredevil is still more important. Well, yeah, but Punisher like, even, was good. Even, even We're talking about quality, not about not about you know the the success of the show. And quality wise, Punisher was excellent both seasons. I mean, I I can't complain. The action was fabulous. I mean, I mean but but, that, but see, Punisher and my and my and my mind too though. Punisher has Daredevil to thank. Because yeah, of they, course. They, did, they did Punisher, so they did Daredevil, that Punisher Daredevil stuff that they did in season two of Daredevil set that up so beautifully that at the, at that, at the end of the day, you know, you get, you, you say to yourself, my God, Daredevil is just the most brilliant show that they could have possibly done. It, it's almost like you got three, two, three seasons of Punisher because they did set up a lot of that in Daredevil. Exactly. So, so there yeah, you go. It almost that, that's, like that. That's Speaking really of three, uh, moving on to the next story on the round table here and perfect segue. Uh, Ghostbusters, the video game will be uh, remastered for its 10th anniversary. Yes. Um, Yes, fans are eager, of course, for the return of the real Ghostbusters next summer. The sequel with director uh, Jason Brightman is going to come out, and uh, it's going to be a real Ghostbusters 3 with um, some of the main cast, a lot of them, I don't know how many, a lot of new casts, uh, one of the kids from Stranger Things. But this is exciting, the video game, guys, it's getting an actual remaster and a reboot. I still have my 360 copy that I play, but like, yeah, I'm totally going to get the, the remastered one because there'll probably be some goodies on there. And, um, it's one of the greatest video games ever. ever. It's basically, yep. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just so fun. It's yep. really well acted. I mean, it's, it's glorious. Like, I'm, and like, it, that's was why I've never... it was essentially Ghostbusters 3 before they decided yeah. they were yeah. going to do Ghostbusters 3. And that's what, that's what everybody needs to realize. That's why the game is so good because they used the elements of Ghostbusters 3 that they never thought they would ever touch film wise. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny because now, of course, they're gonna in the new movie they're, they're gonna have the original cast characters and they're, they're tying everything in, uh, which they should have done from the beginning. I'm so happy they're going back to the original, uh, the first two movies with that cast, and they're talking about the, you know do, remastering the game. We may get another video game in the future. I love that timeline. I really hope they don't screw this one up like the the reboot. By uh, Paul Fee, Fee, 
they oh that won't even be that won't even that they they would burn the every re, cop the, yeah the, the movie we should never i really want to talk about no, no, again. that movie you know you know what'll happen that movie will disappear from everybody's digital collections eventually it'll just yeah. evaporate nobody <laughs> will know what the hell happened it's kind of like oh that Ellen God. Page sequel to Flatliners that like they try to make a big deal about, it, and now nobody else remembers except for me. Like, honestly, think like I, I yeah, maybe it's a Mandela effect that. thing, and, and maybe <laughs> I just made it up. Right, that's that's how they're gonna that's how they're gonna make they're gonna do the Ghostbusters movie, the the one the all female one. It's gonna be a Mandela effect thing. Years from now, we'll be talking about how great the Ghostbusters trilogy was. And nobody will ever even remember that other that other movie, and we'll be arguing. No, there was an all female version. Jackal used to argue with the director. Yeah. I swear to God, it happened. No, it and, didn't. You guys and, are all full of shit. No, for and, real. And Sinbad played a genie in it. No, wait, Will Smith. <laughs> wait, played a no, wait. Who played a genie? <laughs> right. Hey, I, 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 I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, before we go to the next story, I am epically happy and I'm content with the fact that I've gotten uh, blocked from Twitter by Paul Feig and most of the cast of that movie. Oh, I'm trying to get blocked Good on Twitter. By, I'm trying to get blocked on Twitter by Joss Whedon. I'm trying really, really hard. <laughs> I, I hope it happens. That's my goal. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you were when it comes yeah. to Paul Feig. I can't stand uh, Joss Whedon's arrogance and the way he's just a total prick. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get blocked by him on Twitter, but it just hasn't worked yet. So we'll see. Now you guys are asking why you guys trying to get blocked because of that. It means they, they saw what we're talking about. They have to, in their minds, at least acknowledge the failures of what they did to these projects. And I think that's exactly. one of the things why Paul Feig not only blocked me, but he blocked hundreds of people. And <laughs> hundreds of people. <laughs> thousands, really, let's, let's be honest, because fanboys went bananas on his ass to the point that he even publicly said he is never rebooting another movie. He's never going near another project like this. From now on, it's original comedies. Yeah, or it's, all original, it's all original comedy. He's done because he felt the backlash. Shit. That's what it's yeah. going to be from now on. No matter what. He is not, and you will never I, see him touch nothing. <laughs> I, I, I'm just happy, content that I had a little part to do in that. Uh, where I got not only blocked, but he actually replied to me once. It was, wasn't very kind. And I had some of the cast reply, and they weren't very kind. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the, I'm not gonna say her name, but even her, she would, you know, answer me back. And the funny thing is, originally I was defending her, because she, she was made to be a joke in the movie, really. And she took it the wrong way, attacked me, and I was like, alright, you know, attack somebody who's defending you? Because it was racist with a dude, dude character. Okay, well, and the gloves were off. A week later, I was blocked. And I was happy. I had music in the background playing. It was exciting. I was like, you know what? Screw you, lady. I tried to help, and you, you blew me <laughs> off like, like a $2 whore. So, hey, I'm happy. And I'm just happy that they're going back to the, to the original Ghostbusters. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, who's still alive, is going to be in this. Uh, hey. The, the best of all, Bill Murray wants to be in this thing. In the Bill Murray actually wants to be in it finally? In, wow. Yes. In the alternative universe, in the alternative universe where this movie, that this, that this abomination was an actual success, we could be talking about a sequel for this movie, man, or, or a third one. So let's just thank 
thank whatever powers that may be that we did not that that did not happen here. I just have the uh, my my Ghostbusters geeks out there who you know rose up uh, out of their their love seats and their chairs and the comforters because a lot of them are fat asses and just sit there watch movies all day long and they actually got up and, and walked two or three steps towards their computers and sat down and said gas mask off I could breathe okay good and they sat there and they actually did some tweeting and some harassing they did whatever they did but they got the message across so thank everybody who was involved in making it happen <laughs> and, and hating hating that movie into oblivion to the point yes. where, it will, where it will eventually be erased from history altogether guaranteed altogether <laughs> it's gone so happy as a look I've been a ghost a buster sand for as long as I can remember since the, the, I saw the first one as a kid. And when I saw the abomination that was that film, I was like, I wanted to kill my own wrist. I, I was so upset with what they did with that movie, which was just something that now, since it's going to be something I read an article that today that said Hemsworth past, almost so turned happy. down the role. Hemsworth almost turned it down. Yeah, he made out all those you know, dudes who grew up on Ghostbusters look bad. I mean, that's what he did. I was really pissed at him for a while after that, too. But, you know, he, he got me back with Thor, Thor 3. And his Men in Black rock. movie looks lit. I can't wait to watch yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, that that, looks, that does look decent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We got, what, what, what we got next on the table here, Johnny? Funny enough, another Chris Hemsworth. I guess, like, um, Marvel, um, like, um, Kevin Feige and some other people, after the original shtick, they wanted him to stop being fat Thor in the movie, but he yeah. fought to stay <laughs> fat the entire film. What do you guys think about that? Well, as a fat guy myself, i got to say, uh, good for him. I don't care either way. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, it was cute and charming, like, originally, like, the first scene, but I think they, they dwelt on it um, too much. Uh, it, it's an, it's a minor nitpick. It didn't. It's not a deal breaker. I mean, I, I mean, me. I, I mean, I don't people, like. But... I don't like the direction. I don't like the direction that they took the character. I actually really enjoyed the first two Thor movies, and I'm not afraid to admit that. I don't like how they how they ruin the Shakespearean qualities of the character and turn him into the character that they turn him into. So that's just my my view on it. I, but I mean, I understand. You know. People like it and enjoy the fat Thor, but to me, I just I don't know. It's well, you know, it's not going to last. I say, I mean, that's a, a one thing, yeah, maybe two. That's it. You know, he'll be back to his, be buff again. In Guardians, yeah, he'll be buff and tough, like you know, uh, the in the next uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three will probably show up and then, and they'll have jokes about him. Yeah, Star but my Lord my, again, my, my problem, know. my problem is Thor is a. Is a majestic Shakespearean character, and they've turned him in. Uh, they've turned him into comedy. Well, and, yeah, and but he still that, spoke. He still spoke with a. a I mean, Thor, I mean Thor is not. Thor is not Shazam. So I, you know, I, I you know, that's. Oh. Yeah, well, but they hired. They that. hired a guy who's at his best when he's being a doofus. Like I love yes. Hemsworth, but if you notice, like he his, he only works really well in films when he's being an idiot. I like I don't know. like two. I said I liked one and two. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I can't relate. I like the first two films. I no, mean, I like got, them serious they stuff. Mr., the, you... They got Mr. Shakespeare, Kenneth Branagh himself to direct the first Thor film. Yeah. So that that tells you right there that they were taking at that time they were taking the character serious. Now they're not. So I'm just 
They can still flip that and make it more serious in the, in the new future. I, ho- I hope But so. the, here, here's the thing. He uh, was pretty serious in, 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 um, in Infinity War. He was pretty hardcore in that, actually. I none of that. Like, he, he was good in Red Dawn. I mean, he could do serious and comedy. I mean, uh, right. it, it's not like uh, Hemsworth can't do it. Uh, but you know, with with what they do, with the, what they're doing with Marvel, uh, specifically with the current MCU, uh, you know, it it is some that's fitting because of the humor behind the character. But I did enjoy the first two Thor movies, like Zod, and uh, I do want eventually to see more of a serious uh, tone to the character. But to deviate a little bit once in a while and show a different lighter side. Uh, especially if you join in on one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and have him show up in that, you almost have to have him have a little bit more of a comical side. And let's be honest, if you're in that universe and you're a, a and you're actually, let's say we're you know we're actually living in the MCU and it's a real universe. If you're not a character, an actor, but you're a person like a Thor, and that's a, let's say he's a real guy. Uh, you know, he's not always exactly the same. He's been around for a long, long time. Uh, but you know, he might want to just hang out and say, you know what, I'm going to gain, uh, 60, 80, whatever amount of pounds and just, uh, have, uh, you know, have some time to myself. Oh, God, dude, I, dude, you're getting me hungry dude, talking about adding well, down well, all these pounds. Well, well, the thing yeah. about, the thing about McDonald's, it, though, McDonald's, so you can learn he's got McDonald's, and you know, that's, and Burgers, you can get a Burger King, you can go to Taco Bell and get Bob Blast. Shout out to Alex 2.0. I mean, he can do so many things, uh, with, uh, you know, with the time he has. He's Thor. He's around for, he's, well, he's a god for crying out. How well, pretty sure you can just say, wait off, and the buddy's gone. You know, that's how he's Thor. Well, and back to what Zod was talking about. Well, when I was a kid, the first comics I read, was the, um, pretty much the tail end of Walter Simonson's run on Thor. And while, yes, yep. he was a very regal and a very Shakespearean character, his comic was silly as fuck. I got issues where Thor got yeah. turned into a frog. I've got Exactly. Got, so, like, yeah, there was, there was some, there was a little bit more grace and, and, um, eloquence put into the way he spoke in those comics, but it was very far from it being right. a truly dramatic and, and, um, hardcore story telling that didn't that shit didn't even start happening until um what's his name jason aaron started writing thor in 2007 2009 somewhere around there where they started trying to make the dark broody batman thor which i personally don't care too much for i like i said i grew up reading the walt simonson and i kind of quit after that because it was just such a beautiful drawn book very well written book and it was fun it was funny could end it up with a uh, thor like adventures in babysitting remember that shit that movie and that was fancy to not uh, hey, even, that, even that was even that was uh <laughs> even even the 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 way thor was treated in adventures in babysitting was better than the way that they've been doing them oh, lately. Oh, now. I, come now. Honestly. Come now. Honestly, come on. That, girl, that little girl. Come took now. Thor, took, <laughs> that little girl in Adventures and Babysitting took Thor so serious. And that but was awesome. that was awesome. a comedy. That That's was, a, that that was, was a straight and even comedy. That, and even that, that was a comedy. And even that and even that did him better justice than, than no they're way. trying to do now. Now there's no. the Guardians of the Galaxy. Why don't they do comic no, book no. stuff and put... And put <laughs> well, uh, 
Silver you, Surfer. So put Silver Surfer with Guardians of the Galaxy. Have you ever heard of something. the comic book as Guardians of the Galaxy? It exists. And guess yes. what? It would just have Thor in it. <laughs> so, like, if you're going to talk about comic booky things, maybe you should actually look at the comic books that have come out with him in it. Yeah. yeah but what about, what, about, uh, what about Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Silver Surfer? Why has Silver Surfer yeah. popped up? On well, because Silver Surfer was a property of Fox, and uh, now Disney it's owns them, and odd. yeah, now you might be able to get them. Well, uh, guys, we're short on time, so let's move on real quick to the next story. Uh, I wanted to get to, the, uh, to this real quick because Terminator's coming out soon, and yeah. uh, Dark Fate. Uh, the trailer looked decent. You guys didn't like the trailer? Uh, oh, shit, man. Yeah, I, I'd rather man, I don't see the in this, man. To tell you the truth, I can give a shit about some old lady shooting a fifty caliber at a. But she was the original badass, Johnny Sarah Connor. The Hamilton, that was you know, original badass. You know what? If they wanted, if they wanted to impress me, they needed to bring back Linda Hamilton and Ed Furlong. Stop screwing around. Well, Uh, here's the thing, Dark Fate. That that, that's part of where I where I bring this up because supposedly Dark Fate will touch upon what uh, happens to John Connor. So, I mean, if you're going to bring back John Connor, that's great. I don't know if I, if I want to see Edward Furlong at this stage of his career in life. I do. Play John I Connor. Do. I don't want to see a midget John Connor. He has, he's not aged well and he's very short. So not very intimidating. Yeah. Well, Linda Hamilton looks like some kind of female truck driver in the trailer, so it's not but like she, she's... But that's intimidating. No, it's not. It looks like she's going to ask me if I want some goddamn onion rings with my coffee at a truck stop. And that scares the shit out of some people. I I can agree with both of you guys on this. It does, Jackal, it does. It scares the shit out of some people. And, Johnny, you're absolutely (laughs) right. That's exactly what she looks like. And either either one of those situations is good. Either one of those situations is good. All right. Last story here uh, before we move on to uh, the last part of the show, which is, of course, the uh, box office results for this past week. Uh, This was a Netflix also story, and it has to do with The Witcher. And uh, like I teased earlier in the show, Henry Cavill, uh, is in this series, of course, he's known for Men of Steel, uh, the current Superman that we all knew and uh, either loathed, loved, or well, didn't care too much either way. Uh, but he, uh, he wrapped production on this, so uh, he is now available for future uh, Superman incarnations, uh, Warner Brothers. You want to give uh, the British brother there a call? He is available. I'm down to check it out. I like some high fantasy. I never played the video I, games. I can't wait. But, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, I, I, like I said, I've seen a very narrow window of his acting. I've seen, like, the Tudors. I've seen a Superman. And I've seen a Man from Uncle. And then I saw the, yep. um, what's it called, the Ghost Protocol. And he's he might have some talent after all. I'll, I'll, I'll make up my final judgment here, but... Like yeah no yeah well here well now this. here you'll have a chance you'll have a chance to make that final judgment because yes he is the star of this series this is his thing so if he screws this up that's that's you know he actively campaigned for this role yes. so I mean th- he loves this character as much as he loves Superman so it's going to be interesting to see what he does here I, i'm super hyped i'm excited i love how you're we're seeing all of these we're seeing all of these justice league actors pop up in uh in netflix original films and series and stuff it's exciting i, I mean 
I love what I love what Netflix is doing for content creators. That's all. That's all I can say. It's incredible. Yeah, no, it, it, that's the great thing about these uh, these uh, apps online. And look, I've had my issues with Henry, but I love Tudor, so that was, that was a great series. And I have liked, you know, some of his work in the past. I just don't, you know, really like his Superman. But other than that, I mean, I'm not a, a hater of the actor in any way. I think he's a competent actor. I think he does a serviceable uh, job in, in certain roles. Uh, it's just been a steal for me to do it. But yeah, it's stuff like this. I think this might be right up the alley where he was in Tudors and Immortals, which is a good movie. Uh, and I, I like that movie. That, that, wasn't, even, that wasn't even his fault. That was just a bad movie. Uh, yeah, and, he was know, well, subjective, John. Is subjective. We, we got, we got, we got. I mean, like I said, this this is great with this coming out on Netflix. The idea that we've got we've got a totally unhinged yep. Zack Snyder Army of the Dead movie coming out on Netflix. I mean, Netflix is just. I mean, they're just knocking it out of the park, man. They, yep. they, they, they give, they give creators money and tell them, make whatever you want to make. And that's what studios should do. Studios shouldn't be in there mandating and trying to dictate what a creator does. Cause if you're going to do that, why even bother to have a creator? Just do everything yeah. by committee. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. If that's how you want to do it, then just have producer-driven content and be done with it. Don't bring in all these talents and then uh, and then dictate everything that they do because that's how you end up with crap. Yeah, but no, I completely agree. My final, my final thoughts on the uh, on him as The Witcher: There is no way he could be worse than Kit Harrington as Jon Snow. So um, I'm pretty much looking forward to this, and I'm fairly confident confident that it. Probably will be better than the last three seasons of Game of Thrones. Just saying, because nope. it's going to be something fresh and new, and hopefully he got some good talent to work on it with him. So, oh come whatever. on, you, you liked the ending of Game of Thrones, didn't you? I like I liked the second to last episode. The last episode was fucking boring. It was stupid. Like, how did anybody know how he hey, killed her? Hey, they were spoilers, spoilers. I, you know, I, I haven't seen it. You're never going to watch anything. it, though. No, that's true too, Brand. But, Bron, Bron, Bron had been uh, Bron the Broken had been had been scheming to be king for the last four seasons. That's yeah, what that all was about, dude. King, king Kimmy, <laughs> call him by his real name, King Kimmy. Kimmy. That's what I. That's all I saw with it. Bro, but I mean, I didn't have half as much of an issue with it as all the people online calling oh, no. for the whole season to be redone. Yeah, oh my god, that's so crazy. Over a million yep. people. Yeah, Over a man, billion fucking, fuckers, dude. I was just like, I was just like, wow, they made the Snyder cut guys look like, like they weren't even crybabies anymore. How did you guys pull that off? Like, I was actually like, because like the one thing is like, yeah, there, there's probably like really close to a finished product on one case. This, this one, these guys expect. I, like that season, they had to put like what seven hundred million dollars into production for that. I mean, the three episodes alone were like film quality battles. So them to just ask remake that all again for us because we want it better. And not to mention when George R. R. Martin comes out and says, "Yo, that that's how my ending goes." Like they they changed a few things, but that's how my books are going to end. Like I don't know what the hell's wrong with these people. I thought it was pretty decent for. Um, dark fantasy and live and action. A lot of it, and, you know, and a lot of it kind of, when you think about it, kind of ties together really nice. It kind of wraps itself up a little bit. And a lot of the characters did come full circle. So it's essentially, you know, I, I mean, I, I, 
to me, I guess it's because I, I was more, like I said, I was more of a casual fan. I was never somebody who was, who was like religiously into it. So it didn't really bother me all that much, but to have over a million over a million people campaigning hmm. to get this to get the season remade. That's that's significant, though, man. But, well, but yeah. I mean that that's bunch huge. of kids who you ask wow. them, bunch of children. Like look, that, that's how on the creator. This is the, the the way they want to wrap things up. You either love it or hate it, man. But this now, like it's got to be the way I. It's got to be the way I want it. I don't think uh-huh. everybody has. I mean, yeah, we, we got we got to get we got to get like out of this mentality where like. Oh, uh, if you don't like it, I mean, we're going to start like campaigns because yeah, yeah, online I mean, campaigns honestly, work. I mean, they they had. I mean, this is this is this they is the really problem works, when you have a show guys. when you have a show like that when you have yeah. a show like that is that's so beloved. There's so many, and then and then they run they ran out of they ran out of original. Well, you're never going to get these. It's not that they ran out. No, but it's not that they ran out. It's that this way they wanted to wrap it up, and you're yeah. never going to please every uh, every member of the audience. No, we know yeah, that. You're right. yeah, you're you're not ever gonna I mean, this is the way they wanted to go out, and you know, I didn't see it. I haven't seen an episode, but I can only imagine. You know, because just well, from looking at the rabbit stupidity online that's been going on, <laughs> so guys, we're, we're we're about to go over here, and I do want to get to the top ten. Um, right. so give give of Thrones. I don't really uh, care to ever watch it, uh, but again, guys, eh, who gives a shit? You know, like you know, either like it or not. Just, but oh my god, so much hate for a damn series. I don't get it. If, if the character twist at the the, the second last episode got you that twisted and that crybaby, never read or watch Berserk because when Griffith does what Griffith does, you guys will shit your pants and it'll break your minds, and then you'll be trying to get fucking berserk to be rewritten and i don't need that so just like just leave dark fantasy go watch the dark crystal or something some little kitty yeah. fantasy because oh, oh wait 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 dark crystal on netflix apparently the series is epic they're they're saying it's 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 gonna blow people's minds so just netflix okay. all the just time. throwing that out they, there. Got, they got will smith <laughs> to replace um david bowie right <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> is that a musical is he singing well, I figured they would because, like, the movie was it had like well, David Bowie had a couple songs in it. it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Will Smith, he's, he's a singer, all right. Yeah. Oh <laughs> God, why? Why did they have him sing? I, I don't. No, let's let's not even talk about that garbage. But, oh uh, my God, we're gonna talk about it in a second here. So here we go, guys. <laughs> Uh, here we go. This is uh, brought to us, of course, by my good buddy Daniel Garris over at uh, BoxOfficeResults.com. This is the box office results of this past week. And uh, we're going to start off at the very bottom of the list here. We're going to start off with The Long Shot. By Lionsgate, brought in $1.6 million, And that's on the four-day. Now, remember, that we're, we're talking a four-day weekend here. That's really low. It's it's kind of been a, a weak box office uh, this week compared to you know some of the previous weeks with Endgame or whatnot. Uh, but long shot, one point six million. Uh, we have the Intruder coming in uh, at number nine with two point three million. Uh, the Hustle with uh, three point five million. A uh, Dog's Journey, which actually I want to check out. That looks kind of cute for the family. Uh, no. 
Nobody? Okay. I, I haven't heard anything about it. Um, I'm usually worried about dog movies because if an actor that I like in them, usually that means that they'll never act again after they do a dog yeah, movie. Yeah, so, it was after it doesn't look like as good as like Turner and Hooch, but it looks pretty cool. Not even at that. Uh, Booksmart came out, uh, uh, let see, we're in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Yeah, it's 6, uh, this uh, past week. Booksmart. I haven't seen it. Uh, 6.9 million. And then we spoke about some earlier. Brightburn. 7.8 million at the box office this weekend. Four day, uh, week, 9.6 million. Sony's, uh, doing well with that. Uh, we got Pokemon Detective still going strong with 13 million. Not too bad. Uh, we have Avengers Endgame at number three, still kicking ass at 17. Really? Yeah, it's still there. Jesus Christ. That movie, well, it's over uh, 2 billion plus. I mean, I don't think it's going to catch The Force Awakens as a top domestic movie, but it's a very good chance of uh, going global and just knocking everybody else uh, on the global market out out of the water. But uh, number two this week, and my favorite movie of the year, I have to say, uh, hands down, John Wick Chapter 3. Still need Guys. to see it. I'm really hyped for it. Oh, it's so good. It, it Look, you know, written-wise, you could say Endgame uh, is you know, a, a much more fleshed-out story. Uh, sure, there are more dramatical movies out there, some with more uh, faster action, heavier CGI, uh Maybe more known directors. Does have, does have Keanu Reeves matter. It doesn't have Keanu Reeves. It, it's not called John Wick. And it's not this trilogy or these, you know, because there's more coming out. But John Wick Part 3 was phenomenal. And I'm just happy it's making the money it's making. And uh, it's number two this week. And uh, we're going to rant a little bit of now from now on, but the, only the top movie for the week. Instead of just, you know, going on and on about all the movies. But the number one movie this weekend, and uh, we just t- touched on it a little bit, it's Aladdin with uh, $91 million for the uh, weekend. 116 for the four-day week. And that's a shame because the movie is not that good. I mean, uh, you know, the word of mouth is bad uh, from some part of the fandom. But it's a Latin, it's a, it's a kids' movie. So, yeah, kids are going to want to see it. I've seen parts of it, and uh, I couldn't sit through the whole thing. It was that bad. Guys, what are your thoughts? Um, I saw the trailer when I saw Endgame, and that's literally the worst part of going and seeing Endgame for me was having to sit yes. through the trailer. Like the set so bad. looked so terrible; it looked like a high school play. Um, the dance sequences I saw that nobody looked comfortable with the choreography. Like it didn't look smooth, like a lot of dance sequences should be. And I know yep. it's weird that a guy like me would admit this, but I, I watch a <laughs> lot of musicals, so I know a tight freaking routine when I see one, okay. and I, they weren't having them in that movie, and it's a shame, because <laughs> Aladdin could be a really great, fun movie, if they yes. actually had somebody that gave a damn making it. And, and, and now, I, I just have one question to ask, okay, is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story going to be better than Aladdin, or is it going to suffer from the same... Uh, um, I, I, I Johnny? I'll, 
I'll give Spielberg the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm, I don't know if he's done a musical before. No, but... he's not. I don't think he ever has this. But he's. But apparently, they're adapting West Side Story. Uh, they're not. You know, they're not like changing the time or anything. It's going to actually take place in the. 50s like it's supposed to it's going to be yep. so they're they're not changing so i don't know i think i have a little bit more faith in in spielberg here i think he'll he'll do a better adaption than they did with aladdin i just the, o- the only thing west side story connected that i'm even looking forward to in live action is the um the film production of ron wimberley's um Prince of Cats, based off that wonderful graphic novel that i told zod Rider to read and he also loves which is probably the greatest modern rendition of Romeo and Juliet you'll ever read. It's being made into film now. The cast looks fun. I really hope I really hope whoever does it nails it because that could be such an incredible film. And Steven Spielberg, why are you remaking West Side Story? The old movie. Uh, that's the thing. Game. That's the thing I'm wondering. That's the thing I'm, I'm wondering. I'm not interested in West Side I, I, Story. I really want to know. I mean, I really yeah. want to know why he's even bothering. Because the old that's, one's fine, right? It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Why? 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 Fine why for me because I don't care about it one way or the other. To be honest with you, like it's. I'm, I, like, but I'm not a musical Selena, fan, though. That's the thing. Put Selena Gomez and Ariana Grande in it or some shit. I don't. What the fuck? No, he's got, no. No, he got. He's got actually the actors that he's got. They ironically look a lot like the actors, the leads uh, from the original, which surprises me. Like, I'm like, my God, if you're going to be like slavish to the original, if you're just adapting, why not just do a Broadway revival? Why make another film version? I, I, I don't know. Because you great directors run out of ideas, that's why. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's Steven Spielberg, and after and after what was that show? And after uh, Ready, uh, Player Red, Red, Ready Player One, yeah. Steven Spielberg is is grabbing at straws now. He's just like, ah, I'll get these people. I'll remake yeah. West Side Story well, for a new generation, and they'll and they'll like my version better than the original. Not yeah. not happening. Steven, not happening. No, well, not I could feel where he could be coming from like that. Because, like, Steven Spielberg basically created the 80s. And then, like, with Ready Player One, he couldn't even half-ass replicate the 80s, as well as, like, somebody like J.J. Abrams. So, like, I think that, like, fine, I can't do the 80s anymore. I'm going to do the 60s. Take that, then. I'm going to jump back 20 more years and remake Take a that Hollywood. I'll show you how I, I am. Bad. I feel bad for Steven Spielberg because he could have – because Ready Player One – could have been completely epic had he been able to get the rights to all the 80s shit that he wanted in that movie. But uh, he couldn't get the rights. And he's Steven Spielberg. And he yeah, that's the true. And like yeah. you said, he invented the 80s. And if he and if he couldn't get the rights to any of that shit, yeah, but here's the thing, Zod, sucks. But here's the thing. He got, he got a good portion of the 80s. He had everything from uh, Back to the Future in there to Freddy. I mean, he got a lot of stuff in there from the 80s. You could, they, they could have done a much better job than that. Uh, so, uh, but to wrap things up, because we're, we're out of time, uh, once again, the top ten list is Longshot, The Intruder, The Hustle, A Dog's Journey, Booksmart, Brightburn, Pokemon Avengers Endgame, John Wick 3, and Aladdin number 1. So go check that out, guys. Uh, honorable mentions is number 11 and 12 for the weekend, which was Dumbo. Not very honorable. And uh, The Sun is also a star from Wonder Brothers. Haven't seen that. I don't even know what that's about. But uh, check them out. They're playing your local cinemas. Guys, it's been a lot of fun here on the roundtable. Hanging out with you two again on our new night. 
That's right, Thursday nights uh, is the new night, guys. And uh, if you're listening in on the podcast over on roundtableshow.com, please join us next week. We're going to be back here on Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Roundtable Show. Hopefully we'll have uh, Zod Ryder, Johnny Alpha, and myself, Angel Jackal, and we'll have uh, maybe more members showing up. Maybe some surprises. Maybe somebody somebody will show up and uh, just start be honest with us. You never know. Oh, By I the hope, way, I hope he's in the hope he's in the wind tunnel again. I loved when he would join us from the wind tunnel. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, that's brilliant on your part, uh, guys. Till then, we're going to be at the library watching uh, movies and uh, to uh, <laughs> that that special guy in New York who told us all about the library years ago. Um, what's his name, Sabrina? Uh, they, uh, have a great evening. To our listeners, have a great evening. We'll Take catch y'all. Always, we always do that over each other. It's crazy. You never, uh, never manage. And I don't say shit. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, just, I just let you guys, just, what? I don't even care. What? That's what? how it works, guys. What was the last straw for me and Ready Player One was I saw a kid looking at a Gundam DVD and saying, Look, Mom, it's the thing from Ready Player One. And I, I lost it, man. I'm like, No! I didn't yell at the kid. I really wanted to. Though. Well, you'll move on. Guys, we're all on time. Uh, oh, we're take still care, on the air? Yeah, we were, well, that was on the air. <laughs> Peace, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye.